Hello, beautiful people. It is this Tiger Boost Better Hit Thursday, May 19th, 2022, and this sports show shall begin tonight. Now! Yeah! We have the PGA Championship on in the studio, as I assume everybody has around the globe. Tiger Woods is stalking. Tiger Woods is golfing. He's currently even. We need him to end the round that way so we can all hit the plus 250 <laughs> bet that we made a super boost just yesterday. Rory McIlroy currently in the lead at four under in the group alongside Tiger Woods and Jordan Spieth. We will keep you updated as the show goes on about that. We also have some fantastic guests today. Mike Rupp will join us in a second Ooh. hour. Stanley Cup champion, and although hockey season is over, uh-huh. yeah. the Kaniacs get a big-time win over the Rangers. Oh, huge. huge. Talk to him about hockey a little bit. That should be a lot of fun. Last night's That's Hockey Talk episode was great, Nick. It's it's boys. Good, Nick. good work Thank out there, boys. Uh, Micah Hyde will join us in the third hour on a Buffalo Bills team. Obviously, his charity softball game raised money. Uh, this past weekend for what happened in Buffalo, and we'll chat with him about that, what the Buffalo Bills are doing for the community, and the Buffalo Bills are currently the favorite win in the Super Bowl. What's life like at the top as Ooh. opposed to the bottom? Zero Pro Bowl is on that defense. I know he and Jordan Poyer are probably not happy about it. Can't wait to chat with Micah Hyde about all things happening in the world. A.J. Hawk will join us in about 25 minutes. Whoa. And the reason why A.J. Hawk is going to join us is because A.J. Hawk, former college football national champion, uh-huh. AJ Hawk lives in Columbus, Ohio, loves college football. Oh, yeah. College football right now has its main <laughs> event oh, yeah. of the evening happening. Oh, yeah. Nick Saban cut a promo last night for like a minute and 41 seconds on a show. I don't know where it was, the speech, whatever he was doing. He was live with two other people. They hit the internet. He talked about how, you know, the NIL world is changing things. And now Texas AM, all right, Texas AM. <laughs> All right, Texas A&M, all right. They have the number one recruiting class. They paid for every single player, he said. They paid for everyone. We're number two. They paid for everybody. Jimbo Fisher heard that and this morning called a press conference to answer Nick Saban's, you know, kind of slanderous comments about him cheating and buried Nick Saban. I came out firing. I only want to, let's run, let's not run it yet. Gonna have I want AJ Hawk on here. <laughs> mm-hmm. AJ Hawk is gonna join us early because I can't wait to see his brain do this thing. They're cutting real promos against each other. College football right now very alive because Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban, two greats obviously, two champions of college football, are absolutely burying each other. And the NIL world seems to continue to be this gift that keeps on giving. Not only is there commissioners, the leagues going to lobby in Washington D.C. about guardrails and rules in teams like Central Michigan offering a million dollars up for Caleb Williams, the quarterback that inevitably would go to USC to go there. It's the wild, wild west, and now it's got two big-time names in college football sending public shots at each other. It is a beautiful thing, and we'll break it all down in about 24 minutes. Okay. Before then, we'll have a great chatter with the talks table at Teichman at Boston Connor. One half of the hammer, Don Cowboys. What do you got rocking over there, Tone Diggs? What's the shirt? Is that a... uh... Project Rock. That's that's uh, Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne Johnson. I Let's always go. Yeah. Hey, baby. Greatest man on this planet, probably. Probably going to be president one day. Yeah. If, you well, know, my man. Galgers, you know, he's got a leg up on him right now. Well, he did take his the first shot across the bow. It did seem yeah. like at the 2032 
presidential election, whatever mm-hmm. it is going to be. Going yeah. You look great, though. I want to let you, you know you look great. Thank how you have too. you been? How have you guys been doing gambling? What have we been gambling on? Baseball still carrying the tide. NBA last night, I lost every single mm-hmm. bet because I yeah. thought Luca and the boys would at least put up a fight because he was drinking beers the day before. Mm-hmm. I assume you drink some beers, you're feeling confident. He got hit in the face, had a pretty good mm-hmm. game, did his thing. But that Mavericks team, they seem to be outgunned. Outmanned, outclassed, mm-hmm. outplanned. What? It really feels like yeah. that is what happened last night. Pool comes in and does miraculous things. Wiggins starting to drink, get some buckets. Yep. Yeah. You watch him in the last three games or so, and that's the only time I've really watched him. The over one and a half threes for Wiggins that was on that bet last night or on FanDuel last night, lock. That was if you had watched him the last couple games. Feels like he's getting more confident, putting up more shots. They're falling. Steph Curry, what's going on at the foul line? Yeah. I mean, I lost yeah. a lot of bets last night because a lot of things <laughs> that I did not expect to happen did not happen, and uh, it's a problem. What should we expect out of the NBA, or is that not what we should be gambling well, on because nobody has a clue what's going to happen? Well, if you remember in the Sun series, the Mavs got absolutely dominated, but first two games on the road, then they came back home one two, and then they found a way to win Game Seven. It was a home series, so. It may go that way, but also with Luca, like they have the ability to throw Draymond, Clay, and Wiggins all at him to take their. They don't all. They don't have to go at it one at a time. You know what I mean? Um, Luca will end up getting his. Uh, did you? What, did you bet forty? Did you do Connor 40. bets? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Connor bets. Oh yeah. Well, you should have seen him pregame, Tony. I mean, so on. that's the problem because Connor and I saw the same thing. We we're watching the TNT coverage uh, live from the stadium. Interesting desk size. I was on the mouse yeah. too, by the way. So yeah, it, uh, plus five and a half. Yeah, me as well. I thought oh, they were going to show up, but we should have known up there. Golden State. Some people still wear a mask there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't fully California. Understand. Just- but that area, right, is the super, yeah. hey, oh, we're yeah. going to be safer True. and better than everybody yeah. else we, on Earth thing. Yeah, we, we saved the world. But not everybody, though. No. no. Like, a lot of people in that arena were not wearing masks because they, they showed, like, Steve Kerr and everybody, they're wearing their masks while they, he was talking to the team. He was even fixing to make sure it was over the nose and everything, and all the coaches had it. So I was like, oh, that must just be, like, San Francisco or Golden State area. Then I looked in the crowd. That was not the case. I was no. kind of – I was very intrigued by it. And this whole NBA time – and the NHL have it. In between periods, there has to be mm-hmm. a mask. That one lady had a full uh, yeah. uh, her, eyes. her mask went from her hairline to her jaw from ear to ear and mm-hmm. I don't know if COVID was getting in or out but it was tough to understand what the fuck she was saying <laughs> and it, she's the only person in the entire arena that's wearing a mask I, I don't I guess it just we're still in it I guess yeah yeah, yeah. Yes. If you choose to, you choose to, and if you don't, you don't. It no, but I don't think these NHL intermission. I don't the think people they're choosing who actually to. work for the networks. It's mandates still. I think so. Yeah, because yeah, Jackie Redmond. Yeah, Jackie yeah, Redmond yeah, came right. out and oh, said, jockey. "I'm not choosing to fucking wear this." Okay, yeah. they're forcing me. She didn't say it in those words, but there's a lot of people saying, "Take off that fucking mask, Jackie." Yeah. Jackie yeah. was like, well, I'm kind of forced to do this. I don't, uh-huh. I don't know what you want me to do, but why is that still a thing? I don't know. Nick, why is that happening in the NHL? Uh, I assume they're just taking every possible precaution because there are still random spurts. We see uh, Charlie McAvoy, obviously, last mm. series of guys getting it. So you don't want to have some reporter coming in from God knows where, whatever they're out gallivanting around. Yeah, yeah, Nick. Yeah, 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 that's it, Nick. That's good. Yeah, because these players aren't interacting with any other humans that aren't wearing masks yeah. at any other yeah, time during the day, know. and there isn't people no. right there next to them that don't have masks on, you know. So if this reporter that was to ask them a one question <laughs> in between a period was to do it, I mean, that would be a real bummer because they would know it came directly from that interview and not like, I don't know, the gas station, the stores, the restaurants, <laughs> life, right, right, everything's right, happening right. right now, right? That That's the... That's what the NHL is saying, though, is what you're saying? I guess. That's their logic. 
Hmm. Kind of bums me out every time I see it. I'm like, man, we haven't. What do they know that I don't know? Have we not beat this motherfucker that took us all out, that yeah. brought us all down? I thought we beat this thing. Yeah. What are we doing? I don't know. And by beat, it doesn't mean it's disappearing and that we, it wasn't terrible when it happened. It's like, no, we're back to living, though. Again. Bingo. Feels like we're back to living life, which is we should always enjoy in with what happened with old Uncle COVID. I think we should appreciate even more than we ever had in the past how much we have life and we live. So every time I see it, like Steve Kerr, I have a lot of respect. I think he's an incredibly intelligent man. I'm like, what does he know that I don't know? Like, is there still a chance I'm going to walk out there and I'm going to lose my taste, I'm going to lose my smell, and I'm going to fucking die? Is that still happening? Because that's not what I'm thinking. Every Friday night, I'm in an arena with 13,000 people living their best life. And although... I did get a bad case of COVID. Way, oh, way. Uh, yeah. What was that oh, before yeah. football season? Yeah, yeah, right Very before. So I have respect for what people had gone through with COVID. I was 104.5 degrees or something like that. I mean, I would potentially should have went to the hospital there. Instead, I came on the show. You did. Okay. So you did. I was I was miserable. It was yeah. not great. It was maybe my worst performance ever on a microphone. I was vaxxed. So I'm not saying it wasn't bad at one point, but it feels like the overwhelming situation and sense is that we're all the way back. I don't understand why Jackie Redman and the people in the NHL network have to do it. I don't I honestly I'm like, why is this still a thing? But then I guess health and safety people are still missing games because of it. Yeah, and Kerr had COVID last week, I think. So when he was wearing his mask, it made a little sense. But also, once you have COVID, don't you have the antibodies for forever? Days, and so if he's don't... having, it, why is he even there? If he's so, if he's not having any of the uh, symptoms, symptoms. Yeah. So he's a simp. He's a simp. So he's a simp right now. So so they say, but what? I guess we don't know that if a simp can't spread it. I thought that was the thing, like. If you're simp, okay. Yeah, look out. You're, Get the fuck away from that. That's her. right. Uh -huh. But if you're just a simp, like. If you're a simp, be a simp. If yeah, you're a exactly. simp, you know, I don't think it. Uh, whatever. <laughs> it's interesting. I just want to know what they know that I don't know. Because I would like to know what they know. Mm. Because if I know what they know, maybe that changes how I operate every Friday night. Run. Yeah. Hey! Oh! Hey! Yeah. Good to see you! Yeah. You know? That's fair. Yeah. This is what we were so saying. I would it's like fair. to know what the fuck they know. Like, why is the NHL having them do it? Like, I'm sure the reporters, I'm not 100% sure what their, you know, hygiene level, I assume that they wash their hands sure. every, yeah. I, when I'm running through that arena, I'm not sure some people in there have, you know, thought about doing that in, in a little right. bit. And I'm in there hug, hugging, how you doing? What do they know that I don't know? What is it? Some place in the NBA know that I don't know. Miami, they got all their security still. Oh, yeah. Should I know what they know? Is it, am I potentially, when I'm at SmackDown, having the, the most social Dang. interaction with literally hundreds of people? Literally. Yeah. yeah. What do they know that I don't know? I would like to know. And that is why, whenever I see it, I'm like, what the fuck? Am I still potentially putting my life on the line every dap up? Well, like you said, I mean, it makes more sense that you, but I, I think we're, I mean, we're in a different spot. When you had COVID the first time, it was like uh, still, hey, oh, yeah. this guy might need to go to the hospital. Mm -hmm. I mean, all, all stadiums are packed. You know, it is a different Every time right now. Packed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. stadium's packed. Even when you got it, they were all packed. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I'm right. saying. Like, yeah. what did, is, oh, am I still, should I still be that worried? I've got two times now at this point. I'm double vaxxed. What am I? Well, this is what we talked about last week. Like, I think there's just going to be a group of people that are always going to wear a mask forever now just because of the fact that COVID's not just going to, like, disappear into the sky one day. Now, just a follow-up, though. 
there are people being forced to wear masks still as well. Yes, for sure. And I don't want to be their voice because I don't know why they're being forced to wear a mask. I would just like, no, if I should be wearing a mask as well, if right. they are. Yeah. Are they safer than I am? Are they more safe than I am? I guess. Maybe. Is it needed, though? I need to know. Well. Anyways, we were watching pregame. Yeah. Thought the desk was a little small. They added Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade gets along with everybody up there. I think mm -hmm. he's great on TV. So I enjoyed the optics of them live. I think they opened up the speakers to the crowd a few times. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't think the entire time, though. No. no. I think there was a, a few times where they opened it up like college game day-ish almost. Yeah. And uh, WWE-ish whenever you get a microphone open to the crowd. Like, because there was a couple Shaq cut a promo at the end when he made uh, uh, his selection about Golden State. And it was obvious that Shaq knew that they could hear him. Mm -hmm. And he got a pretty good little pop, and it was awesome. Chuck, on the flip side, he talked up them, and then he picked the Mavs at the end. And then he immediately afterwards, after getting uh, something said to him by mm -hmm. a Golden State fan on site outside of the arena, he said, I'll go to your house and I'll fuck your mom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, and that is what Chuck told us why he's not on social media, by the way. Chuck told us he's not on social media because he would not allow somebody the opportunity to have access to him because he is somebody who has to respond. He said, I'll have a couple of tequilas, or mm -hmm. I, forget, right. I think tequilas yeah. was his yeah. drink. Wow. I'll be at a bar, I'll have some tequila, and somebody will say something, and lo and behold, I will respond, <laughs> yeah. and I will be better than that person is at talking shit or whatever. And it's always that Chuck is unclassy, Chuck's unprofessional, nobody ever judges the person to talk shit to Chuck and Chuck is just answering how he would answer and how he's answered since the beginning last night we got to see that when he said he would fuck somebody's mama in their house by the way Chuck let's get on the internet because awesome. if you're going to yeah. be telling people that on the internet every day we need you out here okay the God Kevin Durant's doing this mm -hmm. Lamar Jackson's out here doing his yep. thing hey Chuck we get you on the internet you'd be beloved out here um, but he made a selection of the Mavs a little bit of a a little bit of a boo there situation. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed the presentation of it all, but during the show, or during the kickoff show, they showed Steph Curry take a three from, like, the fucking bench. Yeah. Like, gets a ball, just... It looked like a uh, just a, ra a random drop-in yeah. to the game. He was just sitting there doing his thing, gets a ball from the bench, shoots it, and says, let's go, as he's shooting it. It appears as if it is a splash. Uh -huh. Turns around, very comfortable and confident, sits down. I immediately go to FanDuel. Give me fucking Steph 40-plus. Right now. Right the fuck now. This guy goes one for 50 from the foul. Yeah, what I is know. that about? I know. What is, he made some big shots. He also missed some shots that we don't normally see Steph Curry miss. Not only the free throws, there was a step back three that he almost missed the entire hit off the side of it like we would yeah. if we're just fucking around chucking up, oh, Steph Curry like shots. Mm -hmm. Is he broke it? What's going on with Steph? What's happening right now? He's still doing the same chew on mm -hmm. the mouthpiece thing. He seems to still have the confidence. I know he's coming back from an injury, but he's... What's is he? What, is he going to be back? Do, are they expecting him to be back? It seems like this is mental. Is this mental? Is this physical? What is this with Steph? He in the they won. By the yeah, way. yeah. This in is the, a team that handily. won in the opening series. He had some free throw miss too, and then against the Grizz, he was back to being good again. So I don't know. Maybe it's a lack of focus or whatever. But he's still been scoring twenty one. He had yeah last night, but in like the Memphis series, he was scoring upper twenties or thirty pretty much every single game. Yeah, yeah. the first game of the series, you're like getting to know kind of the other team because every team's going to guard everybody different. It's like with Luca that Diggs mentioned the first three possessions, they had three different guys on him each time, so they're just trying to out. yeah they're trying to confuse him a How little about bit. Wiggins just smacking him in the face and having that just yeah. stripe like a like he's going to war. Yeah, mm -hmm. looked like he had war paint across his face. I was like, oh, Luca's about to go. I almost hammered. Live. Luca. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, he's going to go. And he did. He missed some as well. Mm -hmm. I, I think, you know, first game, maybe some jitters. The home team gets the win. But yeah, yeah. 
I lost so many bets last night. Yeah, it's oh. tough. Don't worry. Tonight we got the Celtics and they're a lock. So, I mean, you'll win it all back tonight on the Celtics. Don't be doing this shit. They are. Marcus Smart's back. They're going to win. How about Al Horford? Al Horford is TBD. He's vaxxed. And, I mean, this fucking like COVID thing. Man. He's doubtful because COVID again? He's yeah. doubtful because COVID. Maybe. Yeah. They're always doubtful because of COVID until they're True. probable. So, is he like COVID. super duper sick? Is that why COVID is keeping them out? I don't think so because he went through the shoot around on uh, Monday. Because no, there's levels to this COVID shit. We all agree, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. We all can agree on that. Mm-hmm. I had COVID twice. One, very, very difficult. The second, very quick, not, it felt like nothing yeah. almost. Vaxxed both in the middle of all of that, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel, from my personal experience, I can say, okay, you can get 104 and a half degree fever, chills like every 15 minutes, uh, soreness, the whole thing, and you know, lose your taste and smell. I think some people did in that same thing. And then also, it can be, yeah. right? Yeah, right? That's it, yeah. yeah. So are they just judging them all the same whenever it comes to like Al Horford's playing time? Is it Al Horford deciding oh. it? Is it the NBA deciding it? How is it decided, I wonder? I mean, I don't know how like sick or how many symptoms he has, but Tuesday before the game when they did their like day shoot-around before they actually went into the arena later on, he was there. Like He wasn't really struggling in any facet of the shoot-around, so I don't know if he actually does all of a sudden got symptoms maybe a few hours later in the day. Hopefully he's back, but Marcus Smart being back is the biggest deal. Okay, I don't know if the Celtics are a lock, but I need a bet to hit right now, yeah. and this Tiger boost is not looking good. Wow. Yeah. No. He's plus one right now. Oh, no. oh, wait. This is for Birdie, though. Off the green from the fringe. Oh! Leaves himself oh, a 10-foot effort. Yeah. Oh, a lot of meat shit. left on that bone. Oh, shit. He got a read of the green, though, when he shot it over there, so he True. knows which way it's going. No, it was going too fast. Fuck. That thing was hard. Yeah. He golfed with the director of golf just a week ago. Yeah. Should know the ins and outs of that entire place. Tiger. It looks like these greens are lightning fast. The few bogeys that he's had, it's been stuff like that where he's just fucking piring it. Hey, you're putting on glass, Tiger. Mm -hmm. Come on, Tiger. Fucking adjust the stick, dude. You can do it. Um, Carson Wentz has responded to Jim Irsay. Uh, Jim Irsay said it was a mistake, you know, and I don't think he called it a mistake necessarily. He, Jim, the way Jim Irsay chatted about it, he might have said mistake, but you got to remember the way Jim Irsay speaks. I mean, he speaks in, you know, full thoughts and metaphors almost. He said just didn't fit. The fitting, the fit wasn't right. Chris Ballard then came out after the season or after the trade for Matt Ryan and said that even if they made playoffs, there's a lot of hard decisions that could have been made. So for whatever reason. Upper management, and upper management might just be Jim Irsay, might be the Irsay family, might be Chris Ballard and Jim Irsay. Who knows who's all involved? But it feels like at some point during the season last year, somebody at upper management for the Colts said, you know what, Carson Wentz experiment, it's kind of, it's been fun, but this isn't for us. For whatever reason. Now, as somebody that's a fan of the Colts, because the Colts are family to me, and it helps me out a lot, and obviously they paid for this entire studio and everything to be built. Now, I had to kick some balls every once in a while for them, but the, you know, I am a Colts fan through and through because everybody in the building, there's, there was times watching him play where you thought to yourself, if this is what the future of the Colts looks like, this is going to be difficult mm-hmm. to survive. Oh, yeah. yeah. And... Not because you're miserable, but because he was a reckless football player, okay? And all the Carson Wentz defenders that come after me for saying this, 
His great football moments were amazing. They were awesome. But he was just careless with the football. And in the game of football, the ball is the program. That is literally everybody's rule. Like, hey, this football right here, and obviously this is just the baby Duke. It is mm-hmm. not the big Duke, the Wilson. But literally, hey, this ball is paying for all of our lives. This ball <laughs> is the reason why we are here. We would like to keep it away from the other team. And we'd like to take this motherfucker from that team. As much as possible, we would like to have this ball. And I think that was something that was maybe pounded into my head, football IQ-wise, when I was at the Colts, the way they viewed it. Jim Irsay's been around quarterbacking, great quarterbacking in the NFL since he was literally like 11, 12 years old with Unitas on the fucking team. So I feel that there was a time where Jim Irsay was watching the games and was thinking the exact same things that I was thinking while I was speaking it into this microphone because most of my football IQ has come from the Colts organization, which Jim Irsay is headed for a long, long, long time. So I think Jim Irsay made a decision early in the season that was like, I don't know if this is the right fit. Not that he's a bad player. Not that he's a bad person. But in our ideals, in our visions of what football is, you cannot play the quarterback position, the most important position on the field, and be this careless with the most important part of the game, which is the ball. Balancing on it. Tossing it into another hand in the middle of a rainstorm, shot putting it into somebody's chest, (laughs) falling Mm -hmm. into the end zone, throwing a zero-yard pick six. Like There's just decisions that get made through a lot of games that you think to yourself, like, oh, this guy's last thought is, I need to keep this ball. His Mm -hmm. thought is, I need to make a play, I need to make a play, when some places, that just isn't how they view it. Tigers plus two. Fuck. He's being there. fucking reckless with this golf ball. Yeah. Come on, Tiger. But this is what Carson Wentz told Colin Cowherd on the Colin Cowherd podcast of the Volume Network. Network. When Jim Irsay says, hey, we made a mistake, I'm like, ow, ow, that's kind of per- – like that, that hurts a little, right? <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. You know, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Um, you know, I, I thought last year was a, was a really fun year. Um, you know, I thought we, we did some incredible things, uh, came up short at the end. Obviously, I struggled down, down the stretch there, and timing was, was poor. Um, but, yeah, that I didn't expect that. I didn't expect that things unfold the way they did. And, you know, I thought things were, were in a pretty good place there. I had awesome relationships with, with every single person in that building. Can't say enough good things about um, the people over there. And, um, yeah, kind of came out of left field. You know, he's, he's entitled to his own opinion, and, you know, He's entitled to do what he wants with his football team. He is in his life. But I like that Carson took the high road. And once again, I don't think Jim Irsay had any negative feelings towards Carson Wentz, the person. I honestly believe it was just his style of play that Jim Irsay had experienced for half a season, maybe two games, three games, however long. And Jim was like, I'm not doing this every single game, no matter how this ends up. That's kind of what Ballard Mm -hmm. alluded to. I like that Carson Wentz took the high road, which once again, Carson Wentz probably an incredible guy. We got a chance to experience it. He's now with the Commanders. We're with uh, Matt Ryan. This is probably best for all parties, but I don't think this was a personal insult from Jim Mercer. I think it was just a, hey, this ain't my fucking bag, baby. Yeah, and I just, you you look at the way they both responded to it. Like, obviously, he's the he's a quarterback. He's a great guy. He's always going to say the right thing, but you saw how much it fucking chapped Ursa's ass that oh, they didn't yeah. go to the playoffs last year. And it's like, I understand he's not going to, but he's happy-go-lucky. Hey, we did a lot of great things. Like, to, it, it seems like it, it almost doesn't affect him, and it's in the past now, but you just look at, like, you'd think if, if he maybe had a conversation with Ursa and was like, 
I fucked up. Things didn't go the way we thought they would. Like, this is all I mean. You know, like, uh, maybe taking a little maybe. more accountability than Ursay might have been like, oh, okay, like... I wonder if Carson and Jim talked, and I wonder... Because I think there was a report that Carson wanted to talk to Jim, or Jim wanted... I, I forget yeah, how it yeah, went, but okay. they end up not talking. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that's Jim just saying, like, I don't want to know. I don't want to hear his... I don't want to be talked back into doing what we just did for an right. entire season again. Or if Carson... Like, just fascinating the way everything can be depicted and how incredible the game of football is and how deep it is because Carson might have great success with the Commanders. Honestly, I genuinely believe that there might be a run next year where Carson puts the Commanders on his back and wins a lot of games for him because when Carson is playing good football, he is a great football player. Massive chance they're doing well for the Commanders, too. Like, he is a tough son of a bitch. He just, I mean... Careless! When you come out that flat... (laughs) Just fucking careless! Yeah. This isn't... North Dakota! Yeah. Like, QB's got to get the team ready, and look what they did in Jacksonville. Like Jim Mercer said, that wasn't flat. That was just not showing up. Oh, we weren't even competitive. <laughs> at, at halftime, they were telling me to stay positive and optimistic. I said, this ship has sailed. <laughs> yeah. Call the plane. Yeah. I'm out of here. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Aaron James Hawk. Yeah! <laughs> Centerville legend as well. I apologize. 31, 31 tackles. 31 tackles, two games. Yeah. Yes, please. Yeah. 31 tackles in two games. Ain't that right, AJ? Yep, that's uh, that's my rider that I send out to every show I do that they have to intro me that way. Smart. Everything I just said or just the 31 tackles in two games in high school, you had to be so insufferable the next week in high school. Oh, my what God. What do you mean? What was I What was I doing? You were not going to class. You are giving wedgies probably. Yeah, yeah, you are locking yeah. people in lockers. You are doing least. Nerd, get out of yeah, the way. I had 31 one. tackles. No big deal. Were you there? You must have been there. It sounds like you were there. Letterman well, jacket. feels like we know you pretty well at this Letterman point. Jacket, yeah. I was yeah. like a Doyle just cruising around the hallway. <laughs> yep. no. 31 tackles in a game two times. Of course, that's what you're like. Yeah. Okay. How many, did you, how many yards did you rush for in those games? That's a great question. I have no idea what games those would be and even what season that would be. Are you the only player in the history of football to have 31 tackles and maybe 100 yards rushing? I would, uh, no, absolutely highly doubtful, especially coming from Centerville. They have a long line of stud linebackers. Oh, and this, okay. this guy, AJ Hall. Adam Taylor, Adam Taylor still might be the best middle linebacker I have ever seen. He played, he was like the guy I was thank trying you, to be eventually. All right, well, thank you, Adam. Yeah, yeah. way to go, Adam. He's a teacher back there now, too. Wrestler, you know, one of those guys that Hold you know, on. probably never kill if you tried to. All right, well, thank you, Adam. We okay. appreciate thank what you, you did. You inspired this guy to become an absolute monster on the football field. Ten Diggs has a stat update. Fucking American football database uh, says Hawks records include most tackles in a game 31 on three separate occasions. Oh, so Whoa. the Hall of Fame at Centerville High School, not even right. Is that wild? They're trying to undersell you. Is that because Adam Taylor got it twice? Is they want you to be. tie the record, no. not beat the record? Sure. Bundy, well, yes. We know Diggs is saying it has to be correct. So. Well, it's the internet. Diggs Don't is blame just, Diggs. Yeah, Diggs observing and reporting the internet right now. Not his problem. Anyways, let's get to... Please. Yes. <laughs> AJ, this NIL deal has been the gift that keeps on giving to us that cover the sports world. Central Michigan or Western Michigan or something offered up a million bucks to a player to come play for them. Instead, Caleb Williams transfers to USC and is their starting quarterback instead. But a Mac school put up a milli to get this player with this NIL ruling. Players going in the transfer portal. Players are now selecting which team they want to go to for what can be most beneficial for them and their family in the short term. Will it end up hurting them in the long term? We shall see. We all think probably. Mm-hmm. 
nonetheless, it'll hopefully get figured out. Now, the NIL ruling in the ability to give out money and pay players and get players money for them to join your squad has started a beef between two lifelong friends. Two guys from West Virginia. One has climbed to the mountaintop one time. The other six or seven. Two guys that have changed the sport of college football from the same area during the same time who have done things parallel to each other, one winning at a much higher rate than the other. Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher are about to fucking throw hands. Yes. We're talking old school Donnybrook. Hell We're yeah. talking West Virginia right to the mouth. Nick Saban, all right, throws a left back at Jimbo Fisher. This all started last night with Nick Saban speaking on a panel publicly where he talks about the state of the NIL, the state of college football, and in doing so, saws down an old friend that starts a war that we have not seen in some time publicly. Here's Nick Saban starting that thing, the shot heard round the world. But I know the consequence is going to be difficult for the people who are spending tons of money to get players. And you've read about them. You know who they are. I mean, we were second in recruiting last year. A&M was first. A&M bought every player on their team. Oh. Made a deal for name, image, and likeness. Wow. All right, we didn't buy one player. Okay. All right, but I don't know if we're going to be able to sustain that in the future because more and more people are doing it. So it's, uh, it's tough. And people blame the NCAA. But in defense of the NCAA, we are where we are all right, because of the litigation that the NCAA gets, like the transfer portal. Every time somebody wanted to transfer, they'd apply for a waiver. If you didn't give them, if the NCAA didn't give them a waiver so they could be immediately eligible, they filed suit. So the NCAA would back off and give them a waiver. So they just said, we're just going to make a rule where everybody can transfer. That's how that happened. So if the NCAA doesn't get some protection from litigation, whether we got to get an antitrust or whatever it is, from a federal government standpoint, this is not going to change because they cannot enforce their rules, just like Nate said. We have a rule right now that okay. says you cannot use name, image, and likeness to entice a player to come to your school. Hell, read about it in the paper. I mean, Jackson State paid a guy a million dollars last year that was a really good Division One player to come to school. It was in the paper, and they bragged about it. Dion. Nobody what? did anything about it. Affleck, I think. I mean, these guys yeah. at Miami that are going to play basketball there for $400,000, it's in the newspaper. I didn't know he's going to. The guy tells you how he's doing it. So, um, but the NCAA can't enforce their rules because it's not against the law. So I don't think Nick Saban planned on starting wars with both Jimbo Fisher and Deion Sanders whenever he walked onto that stage last night to start talking about the state of the NIL. And I think a lot of people will see this as potentially hypocritical because everybody has assumed that for a long time, Nick Saban had been cheating and paying players and under the table and paying family members to have jobs in the area so their bank accounts change, not the players' bank accounts change. And people are driving around in nice cars. That's what the word was about Nick Saban from outside of Alabama. Am I wrong in thinking that, A.J. Hawk? No, that's definitely something that people absolutely would assume, that they are doing it as well as the majority of big-time schools. So the NIL deal kind of allowed other people in other teams to potentially start like almost 
corralling people like, hey, we're allowed to do what the big schools are doing now. And Nick Saban hates it. Nick Saban's not a fan of it. You could hear him basically saying, we're not going to be able to keep up. All right, we're going <laughs> to fall down here. And Alabama, by the way, I'm a fan. I've roll motherfucking tack. You hear me? I am a fan of anybody in anything that is dominant for a sustained amount of time because the amount of work and the amount of effort and diligence and time and focus and sacrifice it takes to continue to have success is something that I have the utmost respect for and I'm a fan of. Now, though, it seems like Nick Saban sounds like a little bit of a uh, hypocrite. Yeah. A little bit of a hypocrite in all of our eyes. In all of our eyes, it sounds like a little bit of a hypocrite. And Jimbo Fisher said, nah, nah, you think he's a hypocrite? I fucking know him since the, the old days. Yeah. This is Jimbo Fisher calling a press conference this morning yeah. to answer what Nick Saban claimed just last night. Any contact with Nick since? No. Uh, oh, he's called. He's called me this morning. Fuck. You just didn't take the call? Not going to. Fuck. We're done. Fuck that guy. And uh, He shows you who he is. Fuck and then I just wanted to. He's the greatest ever, huh? You can't move on, bud. Who's the reporter? And then I just wanted to. you got back. all the advantages? Uh-huh. Just let him go. It's easy. And I just wanted to. Uh, so that guy had a really important follow-up. Yep. Uh-huh. Okay. As he was kind of pissed off, yeah. he goes, yeah, Nick tried to call me. All right, we're done. He's fucking dead, dead to me. Okay. This guy is done. I'm not talking to him. Oh, it's, it's all fun and games, huh? What happens when the rabbit gets the gun? Is basically what Jimbo <laughs> just said to Saban. Then he would go on to say this about Nick Saban. This one's a big one. This one's a big one. Some people think they're God. Whoa. Go dig into how God did his, his deal. You may find out about, about a guy that a lot of things you don't want to know. We built him up to be the czar of football. Go dig into his past or anybody that's ever coached with him. Whoa. You can find out anything you want to find out, Uh-oh. what he does and how he does it. You and it's despicable. So it's despicable, he says. He Jeez. says, listen, if somebody out there, okay, somebody wants to do a little investigating work, huh? Who wants to do it? <laughs> Who wants to do it? Somebody wants to hear it. Fuck, somebody will want to do this. Then look into it. It's despicable. What is he talking about there, AJ? We're talking. That's what I want to know. I want to follow up. So he says, like, you can find it out. Just do some digging. Talk to anybody that coached for him. I, my first follow-up. Excuse me, coach. You coached for him for, I believe, five <laughs> or six years. Please do expound upon what you are trying to tell us. I would love to know all the details. But I guess, is he, my question is, is he just claiming that, hey, he did, like, corrupt things to get recruits on campus and they paid players, whatever? Or is he trying to encompass everything? Like, hey, he's a bad dude as well off the field. That's what I'm worried about. I think B is what he was trying to allude to that's there. Like it's, that's why it's so real. And that's yes. Why it's so, like, uh-huh. This is unheard of, really. Yes, and then back to the football. I mean, him calling him. Some people think they're gold. Yeah. You know, some people think they're gold. Rich Rodriguez, same accent, by the way. All the, the West Virginia accent <laughs> is a sweet one. You know, and Saban moved to Alabama, and he's been in the South for a long time, so I assume the West Virginia and the Southern accent, just like the same with uh, Jimbo Fisher have come together, but there is a certain cadence that those West Virginia folks have. And the amount of success that they've had, being West Virginia guys, I think West Virginia has a lot of pride in. Now they're seeing these two guys go at it. Oh. And Jimbo Fisher wasn't done, by the way. He's he kind of talking about what we're talking about when it came to hypocrisy from this godlike, czar-like figure that was just running his mouth last night on a goddamn stage. And if you watch while Saban was talking, his right foot was fucking... 
Mm-hmm. I mean, he was he was he had been thinking about this nil deal for a long time while he was talking. His foot was doing this thing right here. It's like he is he is so pissed about this. Yeah. Jimbo Fisher also pissed. This is what he said about the way things have been done under Nick Saban's leadership, basically. And the operations, the way things were done the other way, when the parity was there, like we said, never has been parity. Certain people never followed the rules anyway. No, I didn't say that. It's my statement. <laughs> so I believe what was said in the back there was, do you think Saban has broke the rules or whatever? Never said that. Just nope. made a statement or whatever. Mm-hmm. So Jimbo is just trying to lay things out like, hey, if you guys want to look into what this guy has done, I'm not going to do exactly what he did, which is just openly say that I cheated to get my entire class that mm-hmm. beat his class. But if you guys want to go ahead and snoop around, go ahead and do so. Remember the guy at Tennessee, Pruitt, what? He had yeah. McDonald's. Yeah, that's right. He had a McDonald's bag showed up, like a couple extra nuggets in this thing, a little extra cheese on that Big Mac. <laughs> If you want to fucking come to Tennessee, what was Saban doing? How has he had success for this long? I know they say it's just competition. And if you get a bunch of five stars, other five stars want to come because they're going to get better. And everybody basically ends up in the NFL and you're going to be a national champion. That seems like a lot for recruiting. But everybody has assumed that Nick Saban has cheated of some sort with the old rules of the NCAA. Now everybody else is getting to do it. And he's pissed. That is why the big hypocrisy things happening, I think, AJ. I mean, we're, okay, so now does Saban call his own presser and does he try to respond to this? And I asked him. Jimbo's not I, taking his calls, so who's, is Miss Terry, Saban's wife, going to try to patch things together? Yeah, is Jimbo's and Saban's, you know, because I do believe they have many mutual friends as well. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. I, I assume there's a lot, let alone like ESPN executives as well. Oh, like, yeah. Hey, we need you two to fucking. Hey, is he calling though? Is he is the NCAA going to call Jimbo and be like, "Hey, Jimbo, you were on his staff for a while, and you're saying there's these violations. We're going to have to sit down and do an interview. You, we need you to kind of let us know what was going on. Is that going to happen?" I would assume, and Jimbo will go. You're right. The University of Alabama was doing that. Suspend us. Suspend <laughs> them. Suspend them. For well, he was with them at LSU. Oh, was he? I don't remember. I, That's I, why Jimbo. I was reading some stuff after I saw this or a little bit ago, and Jimbo had the opportunity to come back to, and be the OC of Alabama, and he said no and turned it down. Watch LSU get banned from bowl games for the next 10 yeah. years oh. because oh. what Saban and Jimbo did. Brian Kelly. <laughs> Not 15. the family. Yeah. Not family. My family. Oh, you think that maybe they orchestrated this together <laughs> to, to get take, LSU. Yeah. <laughs> that is Coach what would happen. on it? Uh, maybe. Joe, maybe. Yeah, he yeah. Might, I remember you guys cheating all that stuff, man. I had to clean it up. You know what I mean? Like Tom Walm's game down there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Waystar. Anyways, Deion Sanders also not happy, obviously, with Saban. Much more lighthearted than Jimbo Fisher. But I guess him saying, you know, they paid a guy a million dollars. I remember that happening. Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember that being big news. Huge. It was something. It was legal at the time. It was. It still is. Is it still legal or is this what they're trying to ret- retroactively go back and punish? Boom. That's what they're trying to do because I guess what Saban said where there was a rule where you can't openly recruit players with NIL money and then everybody started doing it is what Saban's point. Well, I think Saban's entire point there was that there is a rule that the NCAA can't enforce because there's no litigation behind it. And I think the way he went about saying that, you know, he fucking murdered one of his friends yeah. and buried his Aflac partner as well. But it was just him trying to make, a, I think, an overarching point. That is, you weren't allowed to ever just use NIL deals as recruiting tools. But literally, I was in college football for one fall, basically. That's it. And everybody I talked to, when they were talking about the NIL stuff potentially coming into being, it was like, yeah, we got dealership here. 
We got this company that'll let, uh, do a meet and greet. We'll be able to give guys like 20 grand for this autograph signing here, 30 grand here. I would assume all those things would be laid out to a recruit. Hey, we have this dealership that twice a year will do a $25,000 signing where you'll sign a bunch of stuff and you'll be there and they'll sell it. We can do that two times a year for you, about $50,000 a year if you were to come here. This is what you'd be able to get. I guess it's different when they just say, hey, here's a check for $50,000 to come here as opposed to that. But I assume this was always going to be utilized as a recruiting tool. I don't know why anybody else assumed differently unless you were at the top and you were the only one that was able to do it for so, so long. Well, how do you how do you prove that a school did use this as a way to bring a high school player there? Couldn't like what? It, technically, could you show them? Hey, look at what your receiver coming in here. You're a five star recruit. Look at the the two five stars we have had the year ahead of you. This is what they made. Like, hey, we can't promise you anything, but this is the tier we feel like you are on. Well, and I've seen some posts from college recruiting things that are like nil worth, and they're putting up like thirty five k. They're putting on, like, you know how people used to be, like, five-star, four-star? Oh, for yeah. players. Jeez. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, like, somebody's like, oh, this is a four-star recruit, NIL worth probably with yeah. the followers that they have and how good of a player they are, 45000 a year or something like that. Like, that became, like, a part of the recruiting process and the scouting process, like how much money this person is probably eligible for. Now, back to the million-dollar thing that you were talking about that we all thought was legal, even though Saban just said that was never, ever legal. The recruit that that allegedly happened to said, why are my family still living in a small house if I'm a millionaire? And then Dion quote tweeted that and said, I ain't even getting paid a million to coach Jackson State. So I think that might have been a miscommunication or maybe an overarching deal or a, a long-term deal that ended up taking place or maybe a Fugazi deal that yeah. we thought at the time was a Fugues deal. So I don't know how that whole thing worked out, but this is good. This is good heat. Hey, this is good action yeah. between Jimbo and Saban. Oh, yeah. I, I, and I assume in terms of them like making up, they're going to gas this up all the way until oh. they play in that game. They're October hoping, 8th. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're hoping we get a freaking Harbaugh, you know, Schwartz situation at midfield oh. after the game well, or maybe one of them swings on the other one. I also don't think Saban's happy because didn't A&M uh, pull the upset on Bama last year with a third-string quarterback? Uh, remember there was a video of that kicker's mom in the stands, too. It was yeah. like, yeah, I believe they did upset them last year, too, so save. And then recruiting. That's how competitive these dudes are, by the way. Look, they're like 90 years old, these two guys. <laughs> okay, they've made like $700 million, mm-hmm. these guys. They've won... They're still recruiting every fucking offseason, every single day. They're going in and coaching football every single day and getting pissed off about other people doing stuff. Think about that competitive stamina. It's un-fucking matched, I think, whenever it comes to football guys' competitive stamina. Think about like guys like Saban. Every day for the last, what, 55 years, this dude has been just on the grind trying to find players, trying to find the best possible way to get his points across to the players and what defense and offense you should run. Like, this dude, I don't know. I, I don't know how guys like that do it. Jimbo as well. Like, I love that Jimbo. So you're telling me there was not a press conference schedule. Nope. Jimbo somehow tells the SID there at A&M, hey, Fucking set it give up. Yeah, Mike, yeah. Yeah. I need a motherfucking what, does mic. Does he just go then? And what? He just say, I, I got to get some things off my chest? Like, give me a motherfucking mic tomorrow mm-hmm. morning. <laughs> I need it. Did you see what that fucking asshole <laughs> said? Did you hear what he said? And the SID's like, well, we should prepare some remarks. I got my uh-huh. remarks. <laughs> what, he thinks he's a god? Yeah, he's our 
fucking skeletons in the closet. Yeah, yeah I, got, I got all my notes, okay? <laughs> and if somebody tries to ask me a question, I got shit to say, I'm going to make sure they don't get their fucking question out either four or five different times. Bullshit. There ain't no parody. I was wondering, the bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> he was just pumped to get in there and do it. I'm I'm thankful for it. And if you're Jimbo Fisher, I guess that kind of knocks everything that you've ever done is how he's viewing it. This is like a Pete Rose type situation mm -hmm. in his eyes. Yeah. This is one of those like, hey, you're trying to ruin my entire legacy. Is that why you're so pissed off? Or is it just because I think that fucking hypocrite yeah. in Alabama? Is that what it is? He probably, yeah, I'm sure it just doesn't like the what it sounds like from the outside. Anybody like, oh, A&M's got the best class. They bought all their recruits. People still look at it like old school way where, yeah, oh, you paid for those guys when it's illegal when it sounds like, at least at the time, whatever they have been doing, it's not technically illegal under the rules. Now, it may become illegal. I don't know. That's, that's why it's great. Jimbo calls the presser while he's still emotional and jumps in on it. That's what I love. They always say, yeah, take some time. Don't ever let your emotions creep in. Just let it die down a little bit. Jimbo is like, no, this is what I need to get in front of a camera yeah. when I am juiced and ready to go. No, it's so fresh on my mind. <laughs> so fresh on my mind. And if we let this thing continue to boil and boil and boil, people are going to think we're just cheating to be good. We aren't cheating to be good. We fucking turn this place around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but A lot of people are also saying, just I don't want to cut you off, Connor, no, no. that Saban was, that was a rally cry to the Alabama boosters. That Saban was saying yeah. that to like the Alabama boosters. Like, hey, Texas A&M is being able to do this how come we can't so that's the angle i think that alabama fans are trying to say saban wasn't trying to bury jimbo all right roll tad he's trying to fucking rally our money people to let them know what everybody else is doing it's like well it's hard to say that because everybody outside of alabama assumes you guys have been doing this yeah since the beginning i think it could be both could easily be both like he wants their boosters to step up i mean that's how a&m got jimbo right they they had a giant off. contract they yeah. offered him. I feel like that's a big reason why he went. Yeah, and a whole new facility. I think they turned mm -hmm. that whole thing. What were we going to say, Connor? I mean, I feel like this was the expectation coming in. It's like when the Quinn Ewers thing last year happened, it was like, oh, okay. So, bucks. yeah, he's if, he leaves, if he Texas. leaves, yeah, if he left high school to go to Ohio State, he's going to get a million bucks. And I mean, there was a kid in Texas who just signed an NIL deal with a Lamborghini dealership. Nah, like, Texas, USC, and also. Uh, our sources are telling us there is potentially one, a guy that signed a Lambo deal in Clemson as well. Yeah, yeah. that's so, right. I mean, there is uh, the, uh, the running back for Texas who was up for the Heisman last year is the one who got the Lambo deal. And by the way, I don't think these are through the school. No, probably these not. are their own business that Reject they are kind of working. Oh yeah, because they have agents now. Yes, everybody yeah. has agents. Mm -hmm. So it's like, how do you know what came from an agent? What was offered by a school? Like, if the NCAA is going to try to punish this, I don't know how. I have no idea how you, you do regulate going this. back. You can't go back on what you already opened up. I mean, what can you go moving forward from here? I guess maybe have time restraints on when you can transfer. It, I don't know. It scares me to death about if they go back 10 months and just decide to punish somebody and make an example out of the school. Because West Virginia got that new quarterback out of Georgia. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know how that whole thing happened. Hopefully it was just good recruiting by Neil Brown. Mm -hmm. But if there was any promises made, right? WVU would be. There's no way they're not gonna. They they'd have to do it to how many schools will they have to do that? To? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like the NCAA never does that. They always just make an example out of somebody, don't they? That's kind of like yeah. the thing they do. They pick and you choose. Like hope it's not you. Well, that's what I'm fucking. I am. That's what I am hoping. And JT just wanted to go to West Virginia Mountain Mama. Take that's me right. home. He said. Uh -huh. Yeah, Graham Harrell. That makes sense. Boom. Graham Harrell brought him in there. Yeah. I mean, Caleb Williams, I feel like, is the guy that they'll look at because that one Charlie Batch. Can't take out USC. No. And also, I've you got to remember, like, this. Also, what we were just saying, like, literally, what we were just saying is they, it's not fair. It would not be fair, but they do not have the manpower to investigate every situation. Yeah. So they will certainly 
it feels like they will pick a couple and make examples out of them and say, hey, this is what happened. How do they pick and choose which ones to make an example out of? And how do they go back and say, like, we had a rule in here. You all broke it. Now you're done for for the next however many years. Although other places are still allowed to pay their players. Like, I, I don't understand what the difference is between setting up a signing during the season and saying 50000 versus telling them, hey, if you come here, you'll get 50000 and then here's 50000 to come here. Like, I don't understand how they're going to be able to regulate that. How are they going to be able to change It's going to have to be like your, your, pro, your services somehow have to be used. They gotta, you got to go to do something. You have to use your name, image, and likeness on a dealership or a commercial. Like, I'm sure it's just they're gonna. That's gonna be easy one to say. Hey, what did you do for this company? They gave you fifty grand. What kind of value did you, did you bring them? Well, they put my picture on their memo that they sent out to all their million people. Okay, good deal. That's something. What do they have to do? Just stop nil, like put a pause on it, and they can't. have to figure out. But then they can't do that. No. Yeah. They're not going to go back. I don't think they're going to be able to go back and punish people. Well, I think they, they can make rules moving forward. Yeah. I just don't know how they go back. And USC at least can claim that. Caleb Williams obviously just followed his coach from Oklahoma to USC. Like, yeah, that's the thing. How do you he, prove it? And he plays water polo. It's a big USC thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good callback. Thank you. A little fraudulent activity has been happening a long time to get people into schools and around schools. And you know, Are we going to investigate how big of frauds and cons universities are? Handing out degrees that are worth a lot more than what you'll inevitably ever get paid for said degree and being crippling debt forever while they raise prices in the classes that you're going to, the knowledge that you're gaining, and the certificate that you end up with will never be worth enough to get you out of that hole for the rest of your life. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely never going to happen. No. So, you know, <laughs> but like to your point about the stuff that came before too, like with Caleb Williams, like he's probably got all these other deals. I mean, he's like a Beats ambassador and stuff like that, but is he getting that same thing if he's at Oklahoma still? Like, Probably. Is he, you know, because he went to USC, like, is the school helping set up some of these? Like, it just gets so messy. There's almost no way you can police it. Let's get to a break. In the second hour, we'll have Rupper join us to talk a little hockey talk. Couple games last night, one game last night. Two. 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 Good ones. Two. One was no. nine to six. The battle of uh, was tied six, was six. insane. Yeah, there was three goals in the first six shots on uh, Mike, uh, Mike Smith. Yeah. Mike Smith. He got yanked. Quick. This guy got yanked in like four minutes into the game. But he's their guy. Their next game is he in? Oh. Uh, I mean, the other guy Probably gave up yeah. six goals. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they don't really have any good options right now. They might be signing fucking King Domingue. Ooh. Yeah, they might. Up there. They might be trying to get the Zambone drive. And then Rangers Canes was overtime. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Caniacs. 20,000 screaming Caniacs, brother. That place is massive. 20,000 people in an arena. I, I don't think people understand how big. That is massive. Is it just for hockey? Yes. Well, I think NC State used to play. They've been playing there since 1999, they said. Yeah. I did not know that. Damn. That place has to be, I'm not saying it. Insane? Yeah, loud. <laughs> Wolfpack men's basketball. Uncomfortable, I'd say. Probably yeah. a pretty uncomfortable place. Probably vastly different than these new arenas that have been updated and built. It's probably bench seating, that's why. Well, yeah, the upper bowl is probably like wooden benches. And everybody's just standing the entire oh, time. Oh, yeah. Which, by the way, much better for the environment. Or like the environment of 1999, not 1975. Wooden benches. You never know. Dude, I went to a game at NC Stadium, North Carolina basketball. So uncomfortable. It's all. It wasn't even wooden. It's just they just did the big concrete slabs that are kind of. You know what I mean? And just numbers on the yeah, front. Yeah, yeah. That's where you're. This area. Now you better get broad though if you want some space because there's going to be 
I like those environments, though. That's what an arena's supposed to be like. That, I think that's why I like the Caniac so much. Yeah. And it probably is not a comfortable arena at it all. Should be uncomfortable. Yes, I agree. I concur completely. The com- the stadiums and arenas that are too comfortable, too quiet. A man who has revitalized that's hockey talk. Last night's episode was fantastic. In Ohio, dude, Stanley Cup champ, Mike Rupper. Yeah, Rupper! What's up? What, hey, I'll be honest with you. We still do a lot of fucking yelling in the mic still and just kind of <laughs> saying shit. So I don't know how much has changed, but I'm having a blast doing it, man. It's been a good time. I want to say this, though. You're talking about Nike and hockey. Nick, you know this. Gump, you know this. A lot of you guys may know this. But one of their big guys when Nike made that push to get into hockey was Sergei Fedorov, right? Oh, Sergey Fedorov, if you guys get a chance to look it up, they he came out with white skates, right? <laughs> All white, and it was sick. Tongue down, so there's a style of wearing it. I don't know how it is in football, but, like, there's a style. Like, you got the big tongues on your boot, right? You fold them over. You fold the tongues over, and it looks like an extra little sway or a little style to That's it. That's good, right? White, yeah, the white boots, and this guy was dancing. So I remember um, <clears throat> when I was playing in, in the Ontario Hockey League, I went to the trainer, and that was like the hot thing, right? The white skates. But you had to be a particular – you had to be – you had to be – A guy. You had to be a man to wear the white. Like, it wasn't for everybody. It was flashy. And I went to the trainer, and I'm like, I want to wear – can we order my – I want to order these Nikes, these white ones. He's like, what? He's like, you can't wear those. I'm like, why? He's like, "Uh, you're not a dangler. I'm like, I want to wear the fucking skates. And I was denied wearing the white Nikes because they were like a higher echelon of skill and I wasn't there. But Nike had a big push, and uh, but then they got bought up uh, by Bauer, and Bauer is the biggest company in hockey right now. Well, they fell off because they wouldn't let Rupp wear their fucking yeah. skates. Yeah. I mean, I know they're a successful company, but there's always going to be some flaws in their history. That is certainly one of them. Yeah. Let Rupp skate. Dude. Let him skate. Let Rupp me high sk- step. Yeah. I wanted a high step in the white boots. What's wrong with that? I don't understand. Imagine your big ox ass coming out with the fucking the tongue flipped down mm-hmm. on the whites, flying around, hitting people, cheap shotting people. Yeah. Now that we know how you like to play, mm-hmm. he did a full demonstration last night on that hockey talk. Hey, when somebody's skating like this, all right, where am I supposed to hit him? Where am I supposed to, where am I, where am I supposed to hit him? Is what he did in, in the whole show. I'm like in the fucking shoulder, up. What are we even doing? But you absolute stallion on the ice and you've been great for the show so we appreciate you very 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 much honestly the connections the booking the chatter i've learned a lot about hockey from listening to you now let's dive into a little bit of that now carolina twenty thousand people in that place for since 1999 is that place just outdated old school and do people just stand the entire time and is that the best environment in hockey it feels like it is every time i tune into a game down there you know, I don't know if it's the best environment, but it's it's up there. And it's one of the older buildings. So the acoustics are extremely loud. It's booming. Like you can have uh, – when that when that crowd – I've been there in the playoffs before. And when there's a goal scored, literally the water bottle sitting on the bench starts shaking. You know, and then the noise in the place, the music going. It's a, it's an atmosphere. And, and it's really cool too. And, and uh, we talked about this before. It's uh, – it's, it's, it's a big parking lot around it. Like, it's in kind of the middle of nowhere down there in Raleigh. It's not, like, in a city. So, tailgate, man. Guys, you know, people go there hours and hours before. Barbecues, beers. Like, it's a ruckus. 
ruckus spot. Uh, but there's there's so many good spots in the league right now. But this is a really interesting series because I know you and a lot of other people want to see uh, Carolina punt the New York Rangers out of the playoffs or what happened that in is the first correct. round. That is correct. That is correct. Uh, but, it, you know, it's funny. I, I don't know if you guys caught it. Uh, so the Carolina's team, they made it where nobody out of state can buy a ticket for the home games in Carolina. And maybe that's to keep the New York Rangers fans out of Carolina's home games. So everyone's having a fucking conniption about it in New York. Like, are you kidding me? Blah, 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 blah. So Bud Light steps up and has an awesome ad that they throw out there the other day. And Bud Light's sitting there and they're like, uh, you know what? Ranger fans, you go down there. I know you can't get in the arena. You let us know. We'll provide the beer. You can be outside the arena. We're going to give you all the beer you want. Hell so yeah. you can go in there and get free cases of beer. And it was it was the best comeback I've ever seen. Gumpy actually sent it uh, earlier today. Uh, so they, uh, you know, that's the response. And Carolina's Twitter handle is like one to follow in the National Hockey. They reply with, "Hey, you know what, man? Our water down here, it's free. It comes out of drinking fountains. Oh, it's fine. Just carving my lights. So nice little feud going on here. Uh, something to monitor. But this is a this is a series. It's going to be a good one." The Rangers played probably the better game in game one, but Carolina got it done, man. So it's going to be uh, – I think it might be a long one there. Love Carolina. Can't have them bashing Bud Light, though. No, yeah, can't, can't have it. And also, I don't like that Bud Light chose New York over Carolina. Mm. I don't know how I feel about yeah. that either. Yikes. A lot more people. Bigger yeah. market. Yeah. A lot more people. Sorry, it's a refreshing pint. Yeah, it's great beer, though, Kaniacs. Fucking relax. Jeez. You look out in that parking lot. I assume there's a bunch of – why? Why? Being chugged out there before those games. But I don't like that Bud Light chose a side in that whole thing because now it's making us, you know, feel a certain way about it all because we're behind the Caniacs 100%. They get a win. Why, though, you think? Why'd they get the win? Oh, man. They, uh, that playoff hockey, we saw it even in that first round in a bunch of different matchups. We saw it Penguins Rangers. We saw it uh, Edmonton, LA. Uh, what's another one? Toronto, Tampa. Like, it's not always the team that controlling the, the pace of play that wins. And the New York Rangers, the first two periods were were winning. They're, they, they're dominant. They're controlling a lot of areas of the game. Carolina had this push in the third, and, and it's like one of those things in hockey. And you just – if a team hangs around and keeps it close, they're going to strike. They're going to tie it up. And that's what Carolina did. And they got an OT winner. And the crazy thing is the guy who gets it, Ian Cole – I forgot the guy even played still. Like, literally, and that's the cool thing about it, right? Like, it's like, really, the Ranger fans are like, really, Ian Cole just beat us? But that's the beautiful thing about it, man. It's like, anybody can step up anytime, and they took advantage. You got to put a team away when you can, and the Rangers didn't do it. You're our hockey expert. I mean, that's, you didn't know. Got to know. Jesus. Rupert, wouldn't it be a good thing for the NHL if the Rangers were able to make a run and win this thing? I know players don't – won't their escrow money be bigger as well with Rangers being a big market team? Oh. I love I love that you brought that up because, like, it, when I played too, so our escrow money, and it's changed over the years, but, you know, the CBA, it's a 50-50 split between owners and players, right? So that hockey-related revenue – it's always – there's projections. And when you have certain things, say COVID and all those things that happen, um, you know, whatever the circumstance is, the, you always get a, a changing rate in escrow. So I think escrow for – there's different times. There's times it's 18%. So 18% of your your, your paycheck is, is going in escrow. And for the most part, you don't get it back. You know what I mean? So it's a very touchy thing with players. So I remember even when I was playing and maybe in the playoffs – all players, you just fucking root for markets, man. You root for big <laughs> markets. You're sitting there. You're like, 
I don't give a shit. Next round, if we have to play the New York Rangers and they're a much tougher matchup for us than playing against the New Jersey Devils, give me the New York Rangers because that's going to bring my escrow back back into, into favor. So, yeah, no, it's it, it's something you root for as far as uh, I think the fans, the league. Uh, yeah, there's no – you're not going to do anything to change it. I, there's a lot of conspiracy theorists out there saying, oh, the fucking league wanted the Rangers to win because it's a bigger market than Pittsburgh. Get out of here. They're not messing around with the game like well, that. Doing that. They're not doing that. But you're right, well, AJ, sure AJ like, like – you're talking. I, I heard the the numbers. This is this is kind of crazy. So you're talking. Uh, so this is just in the hockey world. So there's no players don't get paid in the playoffs. So the playoff time is where the owners make the money, right? And different gate revenue is different for every team, obviously. <laughs> and and in the in the NHL, it's like the Rangers gate that they'll make off one home game could be anywhere from like three. I, I, someone told me it's like. Three to five million that they're gonna they're gonna net after a home game, but then you can get a team like New Jersey Devils, same kind of market, Metro New York, but different, where they might only get like five hundred k, seven hundred fifty k. So uh, you know, the more the more those big market teams uh, are in, L.A. Kings, you know, Chicago Blackhawks, uh, that's that that's obviously good for everybody. You guys don't get paid during the play. What, I, in the NFL, there is a pay cut for some guys, and then it's a pay raise for some guys. It's a it's an amount that everybody on the team makes. Vastly different than how the regular season payment goes. Everybody makes, and if you end up winning the Super Bowl, I think it's like 130 grand. Everybody ends up getting paid for that entire thing. And the lights go. It went down right there, right there. Yeah, hey, what happened here? Not Hold paying on. him in the playoffs. Yeah, Jesus. yeah, yeah. No, so uh, how's that work? So, so you guys make no money in the playoffs? Just this escrow thing that happens, and that's where the money is hoping to come from. Like, how is that? Your money is guaranteed, though. All the other contracts are guaranteed, and then there's been boom. We're back. Bang. Yeah, no, yeah. So it's it's um, you know, the contracts are guaranteed. So that's the good thing about the okay. the contracts. Like, there's the, we have guaranteed contracts. So. Uh, I don't know how you guys do it in football with getting cut, and I don't know all the the. the They're not guaranteed. It's a big conversation. A, we do not have time tough, for it man. right now. Yeah, it hockey is. hockey has a very good deal where you can sign a massive deal and completely suck and still get paid. It's awesome. That is but, awesome. Uh, yeah. So anyways, <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, good for whoever. You know, Barry um, the team killed the cap, but not fucking paid. Hey. Yeah, you paid me, so you're gonna keep paying me. But anyways, uh, so the, the way it the way it works is like so the playoffs. You know, I don't know how many weeks it is uh, that the pay is spread over. That's your salary spread over that. And in playoffs, there's no more paychecks, uh, but you you obviously have you have playoff bonuses, right? So uh, ah. there's there's a fund. There's like a percentage that goes in in every team. So there's like a threshold. It's not it's not much until you win a cup or go to the finals. So it might be you might get a uh, you know I don't know maybe it's I remember it being like if you lose in the first round I think we got a check for like every player gets like six grand or something. And if you lose uh, if you make it to the second round maybe that goes up to fifteen and so on and so forth. But if you win a cup it's probably like another I don't know sixty seventy grand and then usually the team gives you a bonus as well. So, uh, you know, that that's kind of where it's at. But that's what I love about it, too, because it's like guys are risking their everything in the playoffs and they're not getting paid. And I fucking love it. And that's just everybody wants to hoist that silver cup, man. 
I would like to motivate the boys a little bit with some cash. Yeah. A little bit. Maybe we get an NIL deal next year for the Pens. <laughs> uh, before the boys have their questions here, and obviously 9-6 last night in the game. I mean, that is awesome. awesome. Yeah. Is that going to happen? Three goals and like six shots on the starting goalie. He gets yanked very early. Another six go in. How, how is that how that game's going to go? Is that how that series is going to go? A lot of goal scoring up there? Or did the goalies just both shit the bed or all of them shit the bed last night? I mean, it shouldn't. It shouldn't go that way. I mean, Calgary. Uh, that's a lot of fucking goals. That's yeah. a ton, man. That's a and here's the thing. Goals. This was this was the funny part too. So we were looking at it like it was six to two. I think with half the game left for Calgary, right? And on the other team, you've got Connor McDavid, Leon Drysdale, both have won league MVPs. And you're like, I just I'm not convinced. Let's 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 take a dance over to FanDuel and see what they're giving on this. And I go over there. It's like. I don't even remember what it was. It was like plus 800 for Edmonton. And I'm like, all right, let's throw something on that. I, like, this team could do it. There's half a game left. I remember, I ended up falling asleep on the couch, and I woke up to hearing a goal happen. And I look, and it's fucking 6-6. Six to six. I'm like, oh, my God, they did it. They did it. And then uh, then I, they ran off. Calgary ran off three more in a row to make it 9-6. But hey, that's a series that uh, if you're a casual fan, Tune in. The Battle of Alberta, Calgary-Edmonton. This goes back, um, I think, to the late 80s, like the last time they played in the playoffs. These two hate each other. It's a battle of that province. Great teams, a lot of skill, a lot of hatred. And uh, we saw fucking 15 goals. 15 goals, <laughs> and we're going to see more and more physical play. Milan Lucic, the big, the big bitch out there in uh, Calgary, was unbelievable. Throwing his weight around in the game, and uh, I have a feeling we're going to see some scraps. We're going to see some stuff. There was some trash talking at a very high level. That that's a that's a series that people want to tune into for sure. So fans hate each other in that one. Hate it. Like, hate, like, it. hate it. Hate it. Yeah. How far? Well, how far is the uh, travel time between the two? Because province obviously a Canadian state. Sure. That's right. Alberta is one of those states. Mm-hmm. As is uh, British Columbia, and Quebec, and Saskatchewan, and Newfoundland, Manitoba, Manitoba. Manitoba. Anyways, the Battle of Alberta. How far are they? Thank you. Yeah, we're big. Hey, we're champions of Canada. We We fucking love Canada, don't you know? So how far are they apart? And is is there like a whole Carolina, New York thing? Like they don't go to the games at the other places like soccer where... There's actually, we're going to see some battles, or is it all uh, that meme or, or that video where they're just flipping each other off in each other's face from across the street back and forth to each other? Um, yeah, you know, it's, what would you say, uh, Gump, you would know probably better than me. I think that it's only, I think it's like, a, I think it's only like 150 miles, isn't it? No, I don't think it's that bad. No, I can't. It's a three-hour drive. Okay. Three-hour drive, okay. New York so, yeah, it's, it's close. It's close. And uh, the beauty of it, too, is, like, the fan, the fan base is out there. You're talking. This is this is oil. Oh, you know, uh, this is uh, oil country. This is uh, agriculture. This is, like, some hard-nosed individuals, right? So these fans yeah. love hockey. They grow up. Everybody plays. And they love physical hockey. Oh, yeah. So Rust these man. two teams have no shortage of that. So it's yeah, it's a, it's a battle. Uh, it's uh, the fan bases can't stand each other, and uh, it's it's absolutely incredible. And the other part about it too, we talked about it on that hockey talk last night. Might have the most electrifying mascot in sports television out there in Calgary, Harvey the Hound. He's fucking oh. unbelievable. Oh. Harvey the Hound yes. better than Betty yeah. the Bull. Yeah, better than Betty the Bull. Harvey. 
Harvey is ruthless, ruthless, the stuff he does. He's nuts. He's talked shit to the other team's coach. He, uh, we just watched the video last night. He was over the bench yelling at Edmonton. They were playing in Ed- against Edmonton. Craig McTavish, an old uh, Oilers uh, legend who's won cups, uh, was the head coach. And Harvey's over the, you know, shaking his head back and forth. He's got this long tongue that's like that long sticking out his mouth. And Craig McTavish grabs it and rips it right off of him. <laughs> Right out of the thing's mouth. A mask on the head coach getting into a uh, getting into a fight. This guy's uh, Harvey the Hound right there. He looks a little he he looks a little cracked out, but he's he's unbelievable, man. He's uh he's nuts. I seen some film. He's pretty similar to uh, to Benny. He he and Benny. He gets on top of the plexiglass. He was straddling the plexiglass, like riling the people. Same mask on tree. Benny ain't never done that. Benny ain't never sit on the. We had uh, oh yeah, Benny's done, dude. Yesterday we had uh, Mike Vernon. We had Mike Vernon on NHL Network yesterday, and he was a goaltender, a great goaltender for Calgary. And we we're talking about uh, we're talking about the mascot here, Harvey. And he said one time during the game, there's a TV timeout, and Harvey got to the top of the section, and he put a surfboard at the top of the stairs, and he kind of like stood on top of it, and he was just like teetering at the top of the stairs like this. Everyone's like, oh, oh, <laughs> and all of a sudden. Harvey just goes for it and just fucking boom, boom, right down the stairs, right into the glass. Boom. <laughs> during down. the game. Yeah, here's the here's the tongue getting ripped off. So, yeah, it's a, during a timeout. And they, they said all the players are watching, and, and you don't see anything because he's down below the board. All of a sudden, he said, all of a sudden, people are going nuts, and you see one paw kind of get up on the board, another paw, and he pulls himself up, and everyone's like, yeah. So, hey, if you're in the mascots, and uh, there's a good one there in Calgary. Is it the same person? Do we know if it's the same person this entire time? Like, did this person create Harvey the Hound? Like, this is my vision. (laughs) This is what I'm going to do. A showman, by the way. It's a fucking champion showman. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if that dude's still alive from the original one, from the shit he's done, I'm impressed, man. That guy, uh, sign him up. Hey, Harvey the Hound. Yeah, shout out to Harvey. Just like Coach Sirianni, we Uh won... Dogs. dogs and Harvey the Hound sounds like he is an absolute dog of a mascot. The first mascot in the NHL, they say. Okay. Is he the only? Was he? I didn't even know that. That's no, crazy. we got we got ice, Iceberg, Iceberg, the Penguin. Iceberg's pretty Iceberg. good too. That's cool. Iceberg does a lot of waddling. Iceberg will chomp your head. He will. He's big chomp. Oh, yeah. Your head. Har- if Harvey's dead, Poopy's is definitely looking for some work if they need another mascot. Just throwing it out there. Hey, who was? Where were you guys? Where, I, I remember seeing a video. Didn't was it Foxy? Who got eaten up by it? Yeah. What was that? I don't, yeah, I don't that was Foxy. That was Air Blue. That yeah. was Air Blue. Yeah. yeah, Blue. The Blue mascot here in Indianapolis is an incredible worker. I mean, he's at like school shows every single day. He has a lot of halftime performances. He does very well. He went to a mascot school. The person that created that mascot for the Colts and is currently that mascot. Great athlete, obviously. But Air Blue is the one to beat. The fuck out of Fox. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck with Air Blue, and also I'm probably gonna go to a game next year, smack him in the mouth, get him payback. Oh, Air Blue. Oh. Yeah, Air Blue. You want? You'd be a little bitch. No. Oh. Be a little bitch. Oh. Just sit there. I'm, the field and I'm smacking him in the mouth. Nah, just like last time, you just sat there and just fucking Air Blue. Literally no. ate your shit. Yeah, he literally, he literally salt, brother. He ate your head off. Yeah, he did. Hey, ten times. Size too. How many times? Was it? Like ten. He is <laughs> triple. Least, yeah. Yeah. big boy. Yeah, it was kind of hollow. Yeah. Kind of hollow. What's soul. happening inside there, Abby? You don't want to know, AJ. Is he naked? <laughs> Is he naked inside of there? 
Yeah. <laughs> Look is at it me. A he? Is it certainly a yeah, he? Yeah, do we know that? Yeah. I don't know. Is it naked? You guys are making the same mistake I made yesterday when I shouted out the aliens from another planet. I said, guys, could have been a sexist on their planet before we even meet them. Think about that, what you guys I, just did. I don't, think, fucking I don't think they have sexes in the alien races. but oh, um, They do. Well, we oh, sent a dong and a, a, yeah. a thing yeah. up there, so yeah. they didn't know. They know. We got Rob, did you see our conversation with the uh, congressman yesterday about the aliens? No, I didn't see it. Dude. Oh, why? Should I go back and watch it? Yeah. Ah, the clips are enough, I think. The clips will be enough. There was a lot of filler in there. We didn't learn much, but he presented a new theory to me that I'm like, oh, who's he talking about? Who's Because t- he's been in Intel with the Marines. Right. He's in the Intel thing now, House Intel Committee, and he talked about time travel potentially being these Tic Tac and all these alien UFO things we see. Maybe it's humans from the future coming back and time travel being figured out like 200, mile, or 200 years from now. I'm like... So who fucking told you that? Right. Because if that's yeah. the case, I'm mind, I almost lost my mind on the show yesterday, Rob. Almost, almost yeah. blew my fucking mind right here, pal. I, I don't know if I can handle that. Listen, I grew up, I grew up being told that uh, we never went to the moon. It was all done in a simulator. Oh, so that's no. all the shit well, that that's I true. growing up. Rob, that's actually Robert. true. Robert. So, no, it's not. So I, I, when, I became an, <laughs> when I became an adult man, I realized that shit we actually did this stuff you well, know what i mean like so it, i'm not really you don't believe yeah. the slingshot yeah totally you shut your me? fucking mouth what we just haven't gone back in the last 50 years we had other shit to do yeah, already crushed and all it. the intel we need onto the next planet Face what i saw the other day too was uh the boot the different treading on the bottom from the moon Makes it was, you think. Yeah, it was fucked up. Well, somebody else's boot, probably. What are we yeah. even talking yeah. about? They no, looked at every the person's one. boot that was there. Now, in, how come nobody's talked about what's inside the moon? What is inside there? Well, we wouldn't know. Jeez. Jeez, man. All right. No, 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 no. Spare ribs. Spare ribs. Yeah. <laughs> if the moon was barbecue, spare ribs. <laughs> <laughs> Who is that? Harry, Harry Carey. Harry Carey. Well, it's not actually. Yeah, no. Will Ferrell <laughs> as Harry playing. Carey. Yeah. <laughs> Harry Carey. I mean, that was a. Uh, Quite a time. Ty, your question for the Stanley Cup champion, Rupper. Yeah, Rupper, it looks like the Avs are fucking skating around with the ghost of Joe Sackick. Why do they look so good? Are they still the trendy pick to win the uh, Stanley Cup? Or how how we see the Avs going forward here? They're a juggernaut, man. I don't, I don't know how – I don't know how someone's going to beat them. I actually picked St. Louis in this round, but Ooh. for what we saw in game one, I mean, it went to overtime. We already talked about that uh, – but it shouldn't have. I mean, there are so many scoring chances. I mean, they, the Avs play this tempo that I'm. I no one else plays. Like they are, they are just flying. Go, go, go! Their puck retrievals. Like it's like they'll take a shot on net. The puck will get deflected in the corner. They're the first one to get it in the corner, and they're right back at it again. Bang, bang! Snap it around. Shots. Bang, bang! Snap it around. Shots. Like I couldn't believe what I was seeing. So um, it, they're going to be their own worst enemy if they find a way to just get a little lackadaisical not defend or take some bad timely penalties that'll kind of be their demise but honestly man i I, it's going to be tough for someone to take that group out especially in that western conference i think this team has a pretty good path to the finals is hawks familia going to play or no i'm sorry is hawks familia going to play or no jack johnson oh oh yeah i got what you're saying jack johnson yeah you know uh here's the thing that decor that decor is like the it's legitimately the deepest decor I may have ever seen. Wow. You know, they they have there's their starting six. Um their starting six is absolutely incredible. They got Kale McCarr, who might be some people think it might be the best player in hockey. Uh He's this not. kid 
you know, he's like Sidney Crosby. He's, so. he's, like he's still in hockey or just in all of the league? Like still alive? Team still? Well, he's the best defenseman. He's the best defenseman. A lot of people think he's just an offensive juggernaut from the back end. Uh, they got Devon Taves. They've got Samuel Gerrard. They've got uh, um, uh, some of the other ones. Uh, Eric Johnson. Um, you know, Josh Manson was their big free agent uh, acquisition at the trade deadline. And then even when you go past that, they got, I think, Ryan Murray, and then they got Jack Johnson. They, they've got reserves here, too. They, they, they're bona fide, legitimate, veteran NHL defensemen. So these guys are running, like, to win a cup, you got to have you got to have at least eight quality NHL defensemen, sometimes more. These guys are running with probably the best top six in the league, and they're running 10, 11 deep of NHL defensemen. So they're absolutely loaded. I shook Jack's hand at an Ohio State cult event, and he, he's got massive mitts. Funny, AJ. <laughs> I mean, he, he is, that was a oh, yeah. stiff shake and a massive mitt. I assume he's an absolute weapon. Can't wait to see what the Avalanche do. And good for your house, Hawk. Yeah, good for the Hawk house. Hey, hey, AJ, AJ, if I don't mean to jinx it, but like, if there's a cup celebration, Ooh. you start oh, to yeah. think about what you want to do. What are you going to eat or drink out of the cup? Keep that. I don't want to. Don't say it now. Oh, keep oh that, get that going. There's Can I weasel my way into that? Can he I? Lives, Jack, they li- he lives next door. So oh, yeah. chicken. I didn't wow. think about that, Rupert. Thank you. Yeah. Keep it. Uh, keep thinking about that, man. We're on the abs now, lads. We're on the abs. Yeah, here we go. Am I go able, here we go. <laughs> hey, am I able to sneak my way into that Stanley Cup celebration over there at that cult household you got over there? You talking I mean, to me? I'm talking to you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I assume if, if the to so the cup boys, we're down in the cup. Let's go! Yeah! We're lifting the cup, Woo! boys. That is amazing news. I'm so. We're taking it in AJ's pool. Let's go, yeah. 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 Let's go abs. Uh, Connor, your question. Yeah, yeah Robert, the fucking Maple Leafs just are completely jinxed. Are they going to blow that whole entire thing up? Because Toronto couldn't win a fucking playoff series if Gretzky was on the goddamn team. Whoa. <laughs> Uh, here's the thing. Like that, that team in Toronto. First off, did you guys see Mitch Marner getting getting carjacked? Yeah. yeah about this. Tough way to end the season. Like, what is that? A day or two after the season ends, him and his fiance are uh, out at, uh, at the movie theater. They come out. He's getting into his rover, and uh, three dudes walk up to him, two with guns and one with a knife, and they... He's like, go take it. They take it. Like, dude, the guy just got eliminated from the playoffs. What Everyone city? Take their team down. Toronto. Jeez. Toronto, like it's yes. nuts, man. They fucking yeah, so freak thankfully out. he's all right. But uh, that that team is like, um, they have had this story where they have meltdowns. They've had uh, three one series leads that they've lost in game sevens. They've been in game sevens. They were up three nothing in the game, and they ended up losing. Sure Boston Bruins, like you know this, you know this, Connor. Yeah. The Boston Bruins Four are one. their are their kryptonite like they can't and, and and the first round quite frankly has been their kryptonite so here they are this season the toronto maple leafs have been awesome awesome matthews 60 goal score they look like they're going to be different the draw they get in the playoffs is the back-to-back stanley cup champions in tampa oh, like, what a, what a sorry. bad luck sorry about yeah, it it's, it's just a kick in sorry the junk getting that kind of draw and sorry. so they go in there and they were the better team in the series but they didn't find a way to win. They didn't find ways to manage games. The veteran squad who's been winning down there in Tampa did. They move on. So it's like the big question is, this was supposed to be the last gasp with this group to go on a run. It didn't happen. But how much you chalk that up to, this team might win a third Stanley Cup in a row that we lost to. So how do we do we build, uh, do we build off of this or do we blow it up? Uh, they sound like they're running it back with the same GM and same coach. So... 
for me, I think that's a pretty good indication. I'm going to try this group one more time. Tone, go ahead, pal. Yeah, Ropper, we had a uh, we had Timmy Peel on the other day. Who he was a real beaut. He said you were a real beaut to deal with on the ice. I was thinking though, the guys, or have you ever accidentally, you know, went to dump a puck in and fucking accidentally aimed it right at a ref's head? Sniped a ref. Guy, I mean, I haven't done it. Guys have done it though. Uh, yeah, there, there's times. You know, it's it's oh, funny though. Those guys. Those guys have a very, in all sports, unforgiving job, man. It's like there's time. So the big thing for a winger in my defensive zone, you got the blue line, the defenseman on the other team is always trying to hold the puck inside the blue line. I have one job. That puck has to get outside the blue line because if it gets outside the blue line, you know everyone else on their team has got to tag up. So it gets you. You get to let some of the pressure out of the balloon and, and, and kind of get going. Ideally, I want to pass it. To my teammate and come out with speed and go on the offense but sometimes you don't have that play sometimes you got to use the glass go off the glass chip it off the boards and get it out the guys in stripes there's nowhere for them to hide out there like you know they're trying to stay out of the way and there's times where you're out there i might be out there for a minute 15 which is like a long shift i'm buckled i'm straight legging it i'm you know, the lactic acid's built up you feel like shit i get this puck on my stick and i go to chip it and the fucking referee stand there and it hits him off the leg and stays in the zone. And you, you can't mother- read. And you're like, get the fuck out of the way. <laughs> you're just screaming at these guys. And these guys, like, they don't want, like, they don't want to be the difference either way. You know, and they're like, what do you want me to do? Like, you know, I've seen guys, I've seen guys in, uh, in front of the bench where, you know, there's no glass and a play's coming and he knows the guys want to use the board to dump it in. I've seen referees so anxious to jump out of the way that they've used the boards pushed themselves up and jumped up and they landed in our lap on the bench that's like, awesome that a boy and you give him a little pat and like <laughs> let's go but uh yeah man it's i, I never did that i never intentionally did but trust me i know plenty of situations where guys didn't get good calls they're going to dump the puck in and they're giving an ankle burner right off the referee <laughs> hey um, that would hurt so bad so bad that would God. hurt and those refs like 50 years old yeah. yeah 45 years old 50 years old it's unbelievable what the hockey refs are able to do in the amount of like flow of the game that they care about it feels like they're actually players you know that i think that is why yeah. i have the most amount of respect for the nhl refs even though they're not perfect i have a lot of respect for the way they operate games it sounds like you guys feel the same way players yeah no i in the heat of the moment you don't you get caught up in it yeah yeah and, and we talked about that before with some of the run-ins but like um their situation i've always been a big component and i didn't do it i didn't do it to get calls i i did it because in my situation if i have to drop the gloves and these linesmen that come in there they got to know when to come in when the right time is and there's times where your jersey comes completely over your head and it it's it sucks like, you're playing the lottery. You're hoping this guy doesn't tag you. When the jersey comes over your head, you want these linesmen to come in. You're, you're fighting blind. And uh, so there's certain situations when a fight turns against you where the refs will be like, all right, and they come break it up. But it's also, it's funny, I, I, I had one situation where there was a guy on the other team that didn't show refs respect. You know, to, hi, how you doing? How's the family? How's the kids? You know, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, you know. And you're, you, you just have a relationship with them. And it... It paid off in different times where guys would come in a little early when they saw me be in a bad spot, you know. And but I had this, I had this one time when I was fighting or getting into it uh, with somebody who did not respect the refs. And uh, one of the refs, uh, one of the refs uh, said to me afterwards, he uh, was bringing me over to the penalty box. He goes, "Do you like that?" I go, "What?" He goes, 
I let you get an extra shot in on that one. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'm like, yeah, that's why you're the best. So uh, you hey, got to treat man. the refs the right way. <laughs> yeah, dapping up a ref on the way into the penalty box, people would be so upset with you nowadays if that happened in the middle of this social media world. It would be insane. We appreciate you, Rupper. You've been amazing for us this season, man. Even though it's over, yeah. it's been amazing. No, no, no. Don't say that. Harvey the Hound is doing his shit. We got great. <laughs> hey, let me just tag it with this. Yeah, casual hockey fans. We got unbelievable matchups. The Battle of Florida, Tampa, Florida Panthers. We've got St. Louis, Colorado, Barnburner, the Battle of Alberta out there. And uh, hey, this could be uh, maybe all of us will get invited to uh, AJ's yes. Cup Party. Yes. Yeah, let's yeah. go! Yeah. Let's go! Hockey's not dead. Let's go! Yeah, the, hockey is not dead. Yeah, but yeah. the Absolutes fucking dead. 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 All right. <laughs> Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, Mike Rupp. Yeah. Thank you guys. Joining us. Via FaceTime, a man who is paired alongside Jordan Poyer for the best safety duo in the NFL, a Buffalo Bills staple, an absolute stud, and a man that had a charity softball game on Sunday that raised money for the survivors and for the community of Buffalo after the heinous act at the grocery store. Good dude, great player, ladies and gentlemen, Micah High. Hey, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm good, man. Just hanging out. Uh, just got done with a workout. What's up, Hawk, man? How you doing? Mike, are you are you actually uh, taking part in all your OTAs and everything? Or now that you're a savvy vet and you've done it all, can you hang out at home and not do as much? You know, I was uh, I was there last week uh, working out with the guy, uh, building up to the softball game and, and all that. And then I got back out here to see the family. The family didn't come with me, so I'm back out here with them out in San Diego. What year, Micah, going into? Going into year 10. Wow. Thank you. Man, it's wild to think. It's wild to think. Already year 10, and I remember rookie year like it was yesterday. Well, Showing up to Green Bay and seeing Hawk in the locker room and being like, the hell am I doing here? What was he like as a teammate, you think, early? Was he one of the ones bullying people? Was he obviously a rude person in the locker room? <laughs> nah, nah, he was cool, man. He was cool. It was a lot of, uh, you know, helped me out a lot on the field, um, just seeing things. And, and I was a nickel back then, so me and him were working out, working out, you know, a lot on the field, talking, communicating. So, you know, Hawk made me a better player for sure. Hey, baby, AJ! Wow. Wow. I told Mike all the time, and Mike, I told you out of the old Takatari wedding, like, Mike came in day one ready to roll. Like, the dude was squared away, ready to play. And I obviously say, well, yeah, you're from Ohio, Mike. Of course you come in ready. And he just said, yeah, cosign. I didn't know you were an Ohio guy. You're an Ohio guy? Ohio guy, baby. Come on now. Oh, jeez. We have too much of that area. What's it? Hold on. We'll call you back. Let's call him back. Let's get a better connection with Micah. He's an Ohio guy. I didn't know that. Where did he go to school? Fostoria, I think. Yeah. That was the high school. I don't know if that's a city in Ohio as well. I assume it is. But then he did. And then he went to Iowa. Yeah. yeah so I, I just assumed, right? He's from Iowa. Iowa guy. Yeah, I just assumed he's. I didn't because <laughs> if he's from Ohio and he's good enough to go to Iowa, why didn't he go? Ohio State. I, I believe uh, he he was only like a two star prospect coming out of high school. He, he was, was like quarterback. A, he was like a quarterback slash DB though. I think he's yeah. playing a lot of quarterback. Mm-hmm. Micah, we were just talking about your recruiting process. I didn't know you were from Ohio because I would assume if you were good enough to go to Iowa, you would have went to Ohio State. But now we're learning a lot about you. Not expected to be as great as you have become a ten year NFL vet. Nobody said that in uh, high school about you. No, no. You know, I wanted to go to a great rivalry of Ohio State or Michigan. You know, I'm. Uh, I'm closer to uh, to Michigan, um, actually about an hour and a half, and 
about two hours from Columbus, and they didn't want me, so I took my talents to Iowa. Uh, so now oh, yeah. it feels like you have found a home in Buffalo, though. And obviously, the charity softball game this past Sunday, raising money, spur of the moment. I believe the money was supposed to uh, be going somewhere else. Made a decision amongst a lot of people like, hey, we should at least give back to the community here after the heinous shooting that, I mean, there was a video out there for a bit. We, I assume these types of humans are going to exist forever. We cannot allow them to uh, continue to tear us apart after they do their heinous act. But you guys have really stepped up to the plate. The Buffalo Bills have the Buffalo Together Fund. That's up over a million dollars that will be given back to the community of Buffalo. I believe the NFL Foundation matched the Bills donation. Your softball game, it feels like, and you can help by going to GoFundMe and finding the Buffalo Survivors Fund if you want to get in and help the Buffalo Bills and all of Buffalo give back to the community that was attacked this past weekend. But it feels like your team is so perfect for the city of Buffalo. Josh Allen feels like the right quarterback for Bills Mafia. The defense, no pro bowlers, right? No pro bowlers, no respect, absolute studs across there. It just feels like perfect match between the team and the city. Do you feel it that way? And how quickly do you think everybody in that Bills locker room is like, we have to help our community? Uh, Well, I mean, I think it was right away. I think we were all shocked of, you know, what went down. Um, You know, we all kind of felt, I think the same thing, fans included, kind of felt bad, you know, going into to the softball game, uh, knowing we were going to have a good time and, and be celebrating and laughing and all, all that. So, um, you know, we knew that, you know, we if, if we can put some smiles on the face of the community and, um, you know, generate some money to go back to the victims and, uh, you know, at least take their minds away from a, from a couple of hours. And, um, you know, I think we're close to – we're going to be close to $100,000 raising for – Hey, let's go. Yeah. Hey, that's good work. Yeah, so, uh, you know, it's pretty awesome to just get out there and have fun in front of the crowd. But, you know, this this team and, um, you know, what Bean and Sean have been able to build since 2017 has just been, you know, amazing. Um, bringing in Josh, obviously, you know, freak athlete. You saw him hitting, hitting bombs at the at the softball game. Um, you know, can do it all and a, a perfect leader for this football team. And uh, just a lot of the guys in the locker room just really care about the community. And, and you know, Bill's Mafia shows love to us, so, you know, why not show show love back? Was Josh Allen hitting bombs like that all day long? It looked like a, a walk-off to maybe end it, the one that we watched. We talked about this on the show. Didn't even look. This was amazing. Did he hit multiple bombs like this? Yeah, well, that was the that, that was the, to, to win the home run derby. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he he hit a, he hit a few bombs uh, in, in the game, too. But, you know, I, I take pride. AJ, you, you know, it doesn't matter what the sport is. Um, we could play chess, we could play checkers, whatever. I'm, I'm a competitive, but Josh, he's, he's, he's one of a kind, man. He's definitely like that too. You put him on a golf course, you put him on the basketball court, you know, obviously the diamond, um, football field, he's going to be one of the best. And, and, uh, that's why I really think he's the, he's one of the best in the league and he's perfect for our football team. Well, he's six, five to two thirty. He has the ability to run and the, the, how much better he has gotten each off season from outside looking in in every other building. They're like, well, we hope our quarterback does what Josh Allen does. This could be the next Josh Allen. But what you talked about with Bean and McDermott, almost being like a steady culture, like, hey, we're going to allow him to get better. We're going to continue to empower him. It feels like all the pieces are really coming together for you guys. Now, I have to ask, because, you know, I mean, it is how the season ended. You have to hate that conversation, huh? Like A.J. Hawk, whenever they talk about changing the overtime rules, 
where, like, you know, it continues to go. AJ and every defensive person that we've had on that represents the NFL is like, no, get a fucking stop. Like, it should be, we're a part of the team as well. Like, this should be a thing. Why are we changing this? Obviously, the season didn't end the way, you know, anybody would have wanted in Buffalo. But how miserable has it been to have to relive that every fucking week, it feels like, with the conversation? How excited are you to get back out onto the field next season as the Super Bowl favorites? Yeah, you know, obviously Super Bowl favorites, I could care less about that. You got to put in the work each and every week to, to go out there and, you know, make it to February. Hell yeah. Uh, but but definitely, uh, you know, hearing about the overtime stuff, I'm, I'm definitely over it too. It's, you know, it is what it is. Uh, you know, we lost. They won. Um, you know, we could have defensively, you know, we could have went out there and tried to get a stop and, and made a stop to give our offense the ball back. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely tired of hearing about it. And I, I uh, care less changes and all that you know i just think we need to go out there and get a stop you guys are the super bowl favorites which is different you know a few years this wasn't the thing now you guys have the targets on your back the afc is getting better you know uh, mcdaniel and the miami dolphins are investing a lot tyreek hill is coming into the afc's up in new england uh, I think Bill Belichick's offense coordinator, defense coordinator, special teams coordinator yeah. is doing everything. They're yeah. going to have a good squad. Obviously, Mac, young guy doing his thing. How do you guys take the yeah. next step? What is it? What do you think this offseason's like kind of mindset is? What do you think? What do you think it will take you guys to where ultimately everybody thinks you guys are headed to? Uh, well, we understand it's going to be a process. Uh, it's going to be a process week by week. You know, each and every uh, each and every week in the NFL is a challenge. Um, you know, you face some amazing offensive coordinators that are you know, uh, can can call a hell of a game. Uh, you know, you uh, you know you play amazing quarterbacks, running backs, you know, receivers, tight ends, whatever it may be. Uh, each and every week, so you know we understand that. And and um, like I said, Super Bowl favorites means nothing to us. We got a we got a you know a great division. Everyone's getting better. Um, we have to bring our A game each and every week. And you know, I said the other day on the the Jim Rome show, like uh, I think it, you know, it's apparent we're not going to go undefeated. Um, I think it's safe to say, you know, we're going to take some, we're going to take some hits, and you know, as long as we learn from those hits and you know, keep pushing, and, you know, that's pretty much Sean's message um, every year. Just you know, trust the process and keep going. That's awesome. Hey, Micah, how much, Jungle. I guess, nicer would your football <laughs> life be if, say, the NFL went back to like old school rules, like say mid '80s, when you watch those safeties just decapitate people? play in and play out like how different would your life be and how much easier would it be defensively if that was still allowed yeah yeah it, it would uh it would definitely be easier I, you know i think that you know in today's nfl obviously they want to see a lot of points and they want to see touchdowns and you know it's it's offense again um as long as you understand that you know you kind of go out there and try to play fast and you know as far as getting fined and stuff is going to happen like it's, it's inevitable you know they're finding defensive players left and right so um you just got to go out there and not really think about it and you know, if you do think about it, I think that's where injuries come in. So um, just push, push to the back of your head and, and keep going. Has that Was that something that was tough to transition? Because you, 10 years, you're kind of OG. You were almost before the full strike zone transition, especially for guys over the middle, defenseless players. You didn't grow up in yeah. this heads-up strike zone football that most of the league now, younger guys, kind of have grown up in this is how you hit as opposed to how you were probably taught to tackle, especially in Ohio. I oh, mean, yeah. I couldn't even imagine how they were teaching people to tackle in Ohio when you were a kid, if it's anything like what that fucking maniac over there was taught. But <laughs> how, how was that transition? Is it hard to do that? Because like, I think some people were not able to transition and continue to have as, as much success as you have been able to do with the hitting and the timing and where your head is at 20 miles an hour. All of that seems like impossible to me. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's difficult. It's, it definitely is, you know, especially when the ball's over the middle. It's a bang-bang play. And you try to even make a play sometimes, you get your head in there. Um, you know, I've been fined a few times on some plays where I'm just – I totally disagree with. Um, but like I said, it's the NFL today. That's – it is what it is. Um, you know, you can always appeal it. I try to appeal. Uh, it doesn't always go my way. But at the end of the day, I'm going to try to go out there and make some plays for my football team. And if, you know, if I get fined, then, um, you know, you just got to keep going. Hey, you and – you and Porter bring the wood. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. You two feel good about it, too, right? I mean, that is something you guys take a lot of pride in, I assume? So you got to be a little crazy playing defense in the NFL, man, especially safety, linebacker. You, know, you got to be a little – you got to have some screws loose up there. Um, so, you know, when you're on that football field, uh, you know, it's kill or be killed. So uh, you got to go out there and make plays. That's what AJ's – it seems like this is the Ohio. Ohio thing. Yeah. Well, if somebody's going to have to die to get out of here, well, it's not going to be me. All right. <laughs> that is what AJ said his mindset was when he played football, which, by the way, I think in a lot of physical sports, that is sometimes what has to get you through. And football will always be physical no matter how much they soften the rules. It is still a violent sport. And whenever – a big hit brings any stadium to its feet, though. You know, like, I know that they're going to try to change it for the future, but when you or, you know, Mr. Port hit somebody, like, perfectly and just absolutely destroy, it places go bananas. And they always will, by the way. No matter how much more research comes out or science comes out, that's what it's all about. And I think that's why people like the Bills so much. Mm-hmm. You guys are a fucking cool team to root for. Like, if you don't have – you have a lot of swag – Seems like you guys are young, even though you're 10 years into this thing, but young, confident. The way the season ended last year, everybody thinks you got screwed. You guys are a very, very fun team. Are you as close uh, behind closed doors as it appears whenever you're kind of watching you guys operate from outside? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, You know, I think once you play in somewhere like uh, Buffalo and and like Green Bay, you know, those, those small towns, uh, there's really nothing to do but football, especially during the season. Um, you know, so when we're at, you know, during when it's during the season, we're at the complex, man. We're just sticking around, hanging out. Um, a lot of us have been together. You know, this is going our sixth year. So uh, we know each other in and out. You know, it seems like we're went through, you know, like college program together. So, um, yeah, it, we are tight. Uh, you know, defensively, we, we hang out. You know, we have our dinners during the season. We get to know each other. So, uh you know, I, I, I just I love the football team that I'm on. I love the organization. Um, yeah, like I said, I think we're moving in the right direction. But it's, we understand that, you know, it's it's going to be a process this season. And a lot of people have high hopes for us. But, um, you know, we can't really listen to that. We got to just, you know, play our game and, and try to get better each and every week. All right, well, don't listen. I got high hopes, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I'm very excited for you guys. <laughs> Go ahead, AJ. Uh, your coach, Sean McDermott, he seems like a guy that, would love to watch you guys run your heads into each other for a while during training camp. Seems like a guy that wants to win the physical battle. Like, what's your camp practices like? I may be completely wrong, but I'm sure he's smart about it. But I would imagine there may be some physicality in there. Yeah, yeah, he's a uh, he's a PA guy. He's a wrestler, uh, so you know he has that kind of wrestle that you know cauliflower ear mentality. Um, you know, and he uh, he wants to see physical football. He wants to see us, um, you know tackling well and 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 you know the the guys up front winning the line of scrimmage so um you know obviously practices are like that during training camp but at the same time and he knows he knows this football team he knows how to ease up on it um you know take care of us so uh you know it's just um he's the perfect head coach for us in, in buffalo yeah 
Pennsylvania guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course. Cauliflower. Who do you call? You call a Pennsylvania guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You got a bunch of Ohio guys running around. Yeah. <laughs> you call a Pennsylvania guy, try to wrangle the crew a little bit, get them in there. What a team up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you got fans going through tables and yeah. getting hammered drunk. You got blizzards potentially for half of this half of the season. You got electrifying offense, hard hitting no pro bowlers. No pro bowlers. No pro hard hitting defense. I mean, you guys are <laughs> must watch. Television. I'm so excited for you guys. High hopes for you guys. Don't listen to me, Micah. Go ahead, Ty. Micah, AJ mentioned how you were just ready to go when you first came into the league. Uh, I'm an Iowa guy as well, and it seems like since your freshman year there, I was produced a shitload of guys at D-back that have gone into the league. How much of that was like you just being ready, or and how much of that was Iowa preparing you to go into the league? Well, I think that uh, Iowa – Iowa's an NFL program. Oh um, yeah, you know, fresh, fresh out of high school, you know, you in your freshman year, um, and Coach Ferentz and I had, you know, lucky enough, I had Coach Parker as my position coach back then, so I saw him all day, every day. And he just he get they get you ready for the NFL, um, and they understand, you know, the whole process of putting on weight and you know getting better and better each and every year, and so. You know, your your freshman year all the way to your senior year, you should be playing good football, and you're gonna have a shot at the NFL. So, um, you know, I, I guess going to Iowa was definitely a cheat code, um, and you know that's why they produce so many NFL players because wow. Coach Farron get you ready. That's a recruiting print the t-shirts, yeah. baby. <laughs> Let's go. Going to Iowa is a cheat code. Hell yeah! I mean, that is a yeah. I love hearing that. That is a slogan, right? We there. know. It's just uh, nice hearing someone say What are you guys going to do? You guys going to win six, seven games next year playing no, the Outback? No, no, at Probably. least ten. No. Eight to ten do every not, year. Hey, this guy, big-time Iowa fan, he was just saying the other day, well, can't wait till we win seven, eight games, go to the Outback Bowl yep. after the Iowa basketball team got bumped earlier. <laughs> that was the misery. That's the ride of the Iowa Hawkeyes, I guess. Go ahead, Micah. That one still hurts. That basketball hurts. Let's not talk about that one. Yeah. He knows. Hey, they were a good team. Hey. They were. Very good team. Champs. God, who was the play- who was the guy? Keegan that- Murray. God, he's Murray. a player. Murray, yeah. He's gone. Dude, he just, they fucking lost early, like first game. Yeah, first right round, away. yeah. Golly. Richmond. People were talking about last year's team, like you can't fucking lose that early. And then this year was like, we got you. We'll go earlier. Yeah. Supposed to go to the final four. Oh, my God. That's unbelievable. It's all right. West Virginia has it. You know, we, were, we weren't even invited to the NIT. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah. Jesus. Mikey, you guys drafted a DB in the first round with Elam. Have you been able to talk to him? Did you see him last week? And how pumped were you to add to the secondary? No, so I, I haven't met him yet. Uh, um, you know, from bad vet, bad vet, wow. terrible veteran. <laughs> terrible. Hey, hey, I'm going to tell you right I'm gonna tell you right about I'm a I'm a face to face type of person. Uh, I'm I'm not come up on social media and do all that type of stuff. I'm gonna hit him up face to face, and I'm gonna you know I wanna I wanna have eye contact and talk to him. You know, get to know the get to know the kids for who he is and all that. So um, I'm waiting for that moment. So you can call me a bad vet if you want to, but that's that's <laughs> kind of how I am. But uh, now I'm excited. I'm excited. You know, they uh, you know being added to this secondary that was already making plays. Um, you know, to have a to have a guy come in that's that's you know eager to learn, eager to you know get better and make this team better, make the secondary better. I'm I'm excited for him, and you know, just talking to Tredavious and stuff about him. Um, you know, kid has a good head on his shoulders. So, 
you know, I'm excited to see what he can what he can do. Darius Butler told us, and he's obviously transitioned into the media world, and I think he's been watching a lot of film and trying to study teams' trends and stuff. In the modern yeah. NFL, you need like six or seven. How many you say seven? Six, six or seven. Six yeah. or seven DBs that are like good in the modern NFL with the way offenses are. Do you see that in the game changing? Like is DB becoming a much more important role in the defenses than it maybe was five, ten years yeah, ago? With the- yeah, and you need you need uh, DBs that can play all positions, um, and I think that that's why you know we excel so much on our on our defenses because you know if you know if a safety can play basically in the box or, or, or play nickel or sometimes even play outside, um, it's only going to make your team better. And the, you know our nickels can do the same thing, and sometimes our, our our corners are you know put inside in the slot and have to you know do run fit and stuff like that too. So the more DBs you can have that can play ball, that can play different positions, um, that can communicate, that can work together. Um, you're gonna have a, you're gonna have a better defense. Has have offenses changed mightily since the beginning of your NFL time till now? Because they're wide open right now. It feels like scheme and strategy means so much more than maybe individual. He can't hear us. Oh, no, is this us? You got me. I, we talked to a congressman about aliens yesterday. This isn't your fault. It's definitely our fault. They're cracking down. <laughs> Son of a bitch. They're cracking down on that thing. He said something. Oh, no. Yeah, no. Yeah. Oh, hey, hey, oh, yeah, we'll call you back. I hope everybody got a good laugh whenever you know, he got his aliens. shots in. There were many. What shots are you talking about? Nah, listen, AJ. You were like, any more? Did yeah. you keep man. going? Yeah. yeah. What did he do? <laughs> we don't get a congressman on very often. <laughs> hey, he was very. That was a great conversation yesterday, man. That was a really good conversation. He's your president. He was pretty square. Like, he seems like, like, I think I said yesterday, he looks like he's in the job he's supposed to be doing right mm-hmm. now. And as the words per minute that he had as a Marine, I think is just oh, yeah. Yeah. conversation piece. That should be chatted about. Mm-hmm. He, he also went to Princeton, I believe, that guy. Yeah, yeah. I learned more about him afterwards. Then I, I probably should have done that work beforehand, <laughs> but that's kind of how the show goes. Joining us back again, ladies and gentlemen, from a Great Signal area on our end, uh, Micah Hydetter. Hey, 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 hey. hey, uh, uh-huh. No, uh, no. We'll have to have you back oh. on again. Oh, uh, uh, no, Micah. You're 10 years oh, in the I, NFL. I got to pay. I got to pay. Uh more money in a month for my Wi-Fi. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, have the success that you had. We will let you get back to your training, to your off-season. Enjoy the hell out of it. We appreciate you for joining us. We appreciate your work for the city of Buffalo alongside the Buffalo Bills and the NFL Foundation. Uh, obviously, not a cool thing, but the way you guys rallied is awesome. Whenever you see a pillar in a city do what you would hope that a pillar in a city would do in a situation like that, you have to applaud it. Ladies and gentlemen, safety for the Buffalo Bills, Mike DeHaan. I like Micah Hyde a lot. He's a really good guy. You think Vaughn's invited him to the cowboy party, summer cowboy party yet? Isn't that a Halloween? Is it summer? Is it a Halloween cowboy party? I think he has a Halloween 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 party. party. Uh, Is he just dressed as a cowboy? He always dresses as a cowboy. He is a cowboy. He's a chicken farm, right? Yeah, came from chicken farm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. A&M, yeah. Good good football program. Has Saban answered? Has Saban answered Jimbo Fisher saying, why don't you fucking look into your God? Mm. See what Adam and Eve were actually fucking doing when he created this whole goddamn thing. <laughs> Go ahead and look into a little czar. Go ahead and do that. Go ahead and fucking do it when there was parody, right? Back in the day. Sure. Greatest ever, you fucking this piece of shit. <laughs> Jimbo Fisher basically said this morning in a press conference that he called to answer Nick Saban calling him out for paying every one of his recruits the number one recruiting class in America. I asked for anyone who coached with him. 
They'll tell you. Despicable. <laughs> Can we run that God one one more time? He said, I'm done. When he said, I'm done, like, okay, you, he's out of your life? <laughs> he, he, he's Good. called me. Mm-hmm. He's fucking called me. You think Jimbo Fisher answered Nick Saban anymore? Fucking Jimbo, no. Run that. Some people think they're God. Okay. Go dig into how God did his, his deal. You may find out about, about a guy that a lot of things you don't want to know. Oh. We built him up to be the czar of football. Go dig into his past or anybody that's ever coached with him. You can find out anything you want to find out, what he does and how he does it. Can we really? It's despicable. It's despicable, dude. Dig it up. Yeah. Why hasn't it come out yet then? Well, because nobody's grabbed the shovel. You know? And it's Bama. <laughs> Somebody grab the shovel, fucking start digging, is what Jimbo's saying. The end's all over the place. Go ahead, fucking grab the shovel. A couple of them. You get two. He's going to be a little bigger. Dive into that motherfucker. He ain't doing it. Okay, run that other one, too, where he's saying, um, where he's like, he called me. I didn't fucking answer. I ain't, I ain't fucking answer. And not me. I'm, done. I'm fucking done. Fuck that guy. We used to be friends. Any contact with Nick since? No. Uh, oh, he's called. He's called. Fuck him. You just didn't take the call? Not going to. We're done. Fuck him. And, uh, he shows you who he is. Asshole. And then I just wanted to. He's the greatest ever, huh? Uh, is that huh? what? And then I just Shut wanted up, to. You got all the advantages? <laughs> it's easy. And I just wanted to. Uh, that guy really wanted uh, to get uh, it. Yeah, and then he couldn't even fucking remember the question when he finally got to talk. Well, there's so much good shit coming out of the coach's yeah. mouth. I mean, he could see how he could forget the question that he wanted whenever Jimbo was like, I am nowhere near done on this roast right now. Oh, he's the greatest ever, huh? I fucking. Huh? Uh, when there's parody, huh? All yeah. the advantages. All the advantages. Yeah, do the parody one now. Do that last bit. I mean, Jimbo is fucking awesome. Yeah. How long was this? Because I've Ten only minutes, I think. I've only seen these three clips. And if the whole thing is like these three clips, we need to talk about maybe one of the greatest promos in the history of college football. <laughs> yeah. Run this. And the operations, the way things were done the other way. Huh? When the parody was there. Like we said, never has been parody. Oh. Certain people never followed the rules anyway. Oh! Whoa. Are you suggesting he's having a No, I didn't say that. It's a misstatement. Next question. I fucking love it. What will I mean, tomorrow hold? He's attacking him as a person, as yeah. a human being. Oh, yeah. It's almost like he's insinuating, like, 1987, you know? He shot a redshirt sophomore in the head, killed him, buried him. <laughs> Look we, it up. You can find it. <laughs> 19... <laughs> 91. Yeah. How do you know, How do you know Jim? Equipment manager. Yeah. Didn't have the right jugs machine. Yeah. You thought Brian Kelly was the first guy to do that. Murdered him. How do you know, Jimbo? <laughs> Still have the show. Still have the show. <laughs> Thank you, Zeke. Oh, what will tomorrow hold in this beef that is certainly being handled on phone calls right now and everybody in their life is saying, you have to stop this. This has to be and remain a private thing. You got your shot in. You got your answer in. We will not let this continue. Alabama's saying that. Texas A&M is saying that. Their families are saying that. Their friends are saying that. Their fellow coaches are saying that. That's why if Saban calls another press conference, he goes, nope, fuck it. This Jimbo Fisher guy's a bigger piece of shit than I am. He oh. said, what it, that would be. Oh. That would be the greatest thing for college. CBS may have him do that. Whoever, I would SEC. imagine CBS is carrying the game when they play, right? Yeah. You got, what's so, his name? The Troy Vern? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Vern, Vern Lundquist. Vern <laughs> yeah. He doesn't do it, though. Rest Gary, in peace, Vern Troy. <laughs> Gary Danielson. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mini me? Yes. He was uh, on Celebrity something I saw with Rehab, drunk. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He was really drunk. Well, oh, but that's why he was there, I guess. Well, <laughs> I think he was there because he was a celebrity, and that was also appealing. But 
I assume he signed up in the middle of one of those drunken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fuck it. Got all drunk and pissed all over the house <laughs> like a dog. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Rolled around the whole place. He was, was on bad. that. He was on that scooter. tire scooter. <laughs> he was peeing while driving that thing. I'm gonna oh, go back shit. and watch some clips. Um. Anyways. Wait, he's dead. Let's talk yeah. about the yeah. Was he a what good happened? guy? What happened? Good uh, enough. Uh, Worthy of a moment of silence? He got yeah, better at the end. Everyone is. I mean, we That's did a moment of silence for Screech. That's uncalled for. Well, Who Screech, did? we didn't do one. We didn't? No. No, we, we talked about his death, but okay. we did not stop the whole show and okay. have a moment yeah. of silence for Dustin. Mario Lopez would never come on here if we did that. No. Well, Mario Lopez also. Got one what did he dig him up? He's in a... Uh, Wait, what did he do now? Whoa, whoa, whoa. He's like America's sweetheart. Nah, He's in was, every hotel room. Yeah, he is. Was America's sweetheart. Wait, uh, what happened now? How do I not know this? He saved Jackie's life when Zach Morris gave her those fucking speed pills. Mm-hmm. Caffeine pills. They weren't speed, actually, Jeez. but they still saved They her. did have an immense amount of caffeine, like two <laughs> coffee cups per pill. Her name was Jesse, not Jackie. Disrespect, <laughs> fucking asshole, on, Tony. You know me. I only watch Ace. I watch her later. So who was it? Lisa Turtle. Yep. Yeah. Jesse. Zach. What, Screech, what later roles did you watch? AC Slater. Kelly Kaposki. Kelly Kaposki. Mm-hmm. And which later roles of Jesse did you uh, follow along? Dancing. Dancing movies. Oh, okay. She did end up. She didn't have a lot of feature what, films, what did she? She is a professional. Yeah. Cabaret. It's, she did great. It was great. A little more cabaret. Um, there is. Something to have a moment of silence about. Yep. And that would be the incredible career of Sam Cooke, former punter for the Baltimore Ravens for a long time, a member of the Wolfpack that obviously has Justin Tucker in it, uh, arguably the greatest kicker of all time in the conversation. He was his holder. He was obviously a punter that reinvented the game with different punts and different kicks. He started doing the Aussie punt back to the left and showcasing going to the right. He had like 13 different punts that he would whip out in the middle of the game and have the returner on fucking skates. Enjoyed watching his film. A Big Ten guy, I do believe. Bombed footballs for a long time. A lot of us watched his film and learned from him. An absolute stud. I haven't really met him personally, had a beer with him or hung out with him. Seems like a great guy. An incredible career. Congrats to Sam Cook. Yeah! Being a beast of a puncher. Dawn of a new day. They drafted uh, Jordan Stott, yes, mm-hmm. who out of Penn State, who I think assumed to be kind of the writing on the wall that Sam was retiring. In my eyes, because they weren't just going to push Sam Cook out mm-hmm. with, I think how much respect they have for him. Jordan Stott, the punter from Penn State, a dude, an absolute dude. If Sam Cook will stick around and hopefully coach him and help him and teach him a lot of ways to become an NFL punter and what you need to do, I assume the Baltimore Ravens would be very thankful of that. But the Ravens have great special teams, and that's because guys like Sam Cook have been there for so long. An absolute champion of punting footballs, AJ Hawk. Do you know how many years he played? 2006, he was drafted. I was thinking like damn, 16, 15, nice. 15 years. Is that 15? I mean, years? I'm glad. I'm glad it was just retirement. The way you were speaking, I was like, did something happen to this dude? Is he okay? Hell of a career. Worthy of it. His career yeah, was incredible. Absolutely. Most important play in football. What are you talking about? Thank you, AJ. And that's how we'll end today's show. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Down will be punt. Different. Make sure punt is the most important play in football. Make sure people know that. Bill Burr is 100% sure I was a field goal kicker. Mm-hmm. And we will not correct the white. It's kind of confusing, though, because you did kick off. So it is confusing. And obviously, field goal kicker in college. Yeah. So I can answer any question. You know, about most things. 
and I got to see Vinatieri do it. I feel pretty comfortable talking about all three facets of the kicking game, you know, kickoff, punting, and field goal kicking. I feel very comfortable in those convos, but I wasn't – I was nowhere near consistent enough to be a field goal kicker in the NFL. And then when I potentially became consistent enough to become a field goal kicker in the NFL, my knee couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. So – yeah, it was a gift and a curse. Great run, though. It was a great run. A lot of fun. Enjoyed mm-hmm. punting. Thought I was going to hate it. Thought about not playing football if I was drafted as a punter because somebody floated it by me. <laughs> They're like, hey, somebody might ask you to be a punter. I'm like, I'm not playing fucking punter. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not doing punter. I'm not doing just punter. Punter's way better than kicker, man. I would absolutely rather be a punter than a kicker. Well, so I learned that over my career because I was beloved by basically every other fan base. I would only get booed at home when I would go on to the field. I'm booed at home. (laughs) I'm cheered in other places. And also, you know, I was pretty, I think, a novice in the knowledge of what the punt play can really do. You know, because in college, I was just running and trying to kick it as hard as I could and wasn't really like a lot of football IQ. Like, hey, you know, like the reason why you need to do this with who you got covering and this guy's out, this guy's in, what this person does, where you need to put the ball. Like, I thought it was just, you know, there's no chance to really affect the game, I thought, and that whole thing. I was wrong. You could. And I learned that as I got older and I was appreciative of it. But I always wanted to be a kicker. And uh, then when I finally got good enough to be the kicker, it's well, Vinatieri was still kicking, <laughs> and my niece said, we ain't kicking it. <laughs> so that's where I'm at. I got a 35-yarder coming up this fall. Day. Hell yeah. Oh. So I'm, I'm a little intrigued on that because I don't think I can train for that. Oh, yeah. Like, Fresh legs. Rip. I don't think I can train for that because I do believe. Kick a couple, though. I think so, yeah. Like, 35-yarder, I should be able to just knock it. Are you going middle? Are you going middle, or are you going to choose a hash? Middle. Big, more uprights. More room for miss. More room for error. You know, some guys like going to the left because they push the ball a little bit or the right because they hook the ball a little bit. Me, I haven't kicked in years. I have no idea where that fucker's going. So let's, <laughs> let's give the most amount of room for that thing. I'm going to try to boot it, though. Like, I want that thing mm. to go over the net. Yeah. You know, might as well. I mean, yeah, you have to, right? Have to. Have to swing at it. Just like those boys from Frankfurt. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's why I was so – like, they, they were swinging at this thing. Burning. The, the amount of, like – I don't give a fuck if this misses and confidence that you have to step into that and go full swing yeah. is awesome. They were in a hurry to get things done. All right. Back-to-back days with this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Around the same time, huh? I do believe he's getting construction done on the house. They probably uh, just right. did Cut the court. <laughs> that, that happens. <laughs> it does happen. Yes, it does. We've been, been there, done that. All right, everybody. That's the show. Big shout-out to uh, Rupper and Micah joining us. Mm-hmm. Tiger Watch is fun, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, we got some uh, updates about NFL games being scheduled tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. here we go. Jesse Bates hates the franchise tag. We'll talk mm-hmm. about that. It does. Um... Is Jimmy Butler Jordan's kid? Maybe. Possibly. I don't know. Find out tonight. Conversation needs to happen. Yeah, we, he, we'll find out tonight. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. He drops 40. Are they doing 23 and me? 
They should. Mm-hmm. I don't think That's Michael I, I was agree. More 23 iffy. and me, by the way. Jordan. Oh, Jordan's oh, 23. Oh. He is 23. They are the 23 and Jimmy. Oh, oh, make yeah. a documentary Jimmy right Jordan. Now. So Mitt did a little bit more research, obviously. He tweeted, uh, he texted in a little bit more follow-up on the conspiracy that is Jimmy Butler being the illegitimate child of Michael Jordan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler was born in Houston. Where? Houston. Mike Jones. Who? 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 Oh. He, oh, Paul okay. Wall. What? I, I, I read the text row. He was born in Houston. Well, Huston is how. <laughs> but he was trying to get in there quick. Uh, Huston. September 14th, 1989. Okay. Michael Jordan and the Bulls were on a road trip in Dallas, December 3rd, 1988. Holy oh, shit. Yep. Months. Oh, shit. So. Nine months, and it takes nine months to have a baby. Apparently, it's more like 10, but. Yeah. Let, which, back back which, then, though. Back then, it was nine, yeah. Yeah. So. Quite an interesting little theory on the internet, and around here, we hate conspiracy theories. Hey, yeah, we do. Keep them out. Get them all mm-hmm. out. Keep them all out. That's right. We don't want to talk about them. Not one. Don't even think that something that has just been deemed by all the powerful people not real. Don't even think that it's maybe real. No. Don't even do it. Nope. Fall in line. Yes. Fall in line. Shut your mouth. And fucking keep it moving. That's, That's right. right. That's what we do around here. Hell Always. Yeah. All right, we're out of here. We're back tomorrow with another... Banger of a field yeah. Friday. Yeah. Big guest tomorrow. Big guest tomorrow. Oh, yeah. yeah. Big, big guest, guest tomorrow. tomorrow. Big guest yeah. tomorrow. We'd become a Hawkeye house. Hell yeah. yeah. A bit. We, George Kittle's yeah. on NFL tomorrow. football Woo-hoo. factory. Yeah, cheat code. That's Iowa. Right. George Kittle will join us tomorrow. I believe Quentin Richardson's joining us tomorrow. Nice. The basketball talk. Tomorrow should be a great feel good Friday. Yeah. Then I'm off to Grand Rapids, Michigan. That's oh, okay. Sorry, man. Hell yeah. It's beautiful this That's time sorry. of year. Where's beautiful. that at? Where's that? Where's That's it? on the west side, closer to Lake Michigan. It is very, very nice. nice yeah. I haven't been there all that much, probably only once or twice in my whole life. Is it north? Way north? No, west of Lansing. Oh, okay. Yes. That should be a quick trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That should only be four-hour drive, so 40-minute plane ride. Yeah, I don't know. At I don't least do just half hour, maybe. Nice. Let's go. Celebrating Grand Rapids. Up and down. Saturday, 3 p.m. Eastern. I'm doing a chat with Pat. Q&A okay. on my Twitter. Here we go. Yeah. Come join me. I haven't done that in a long time. Twitter is my home. Twitter is where I uh, started this entire thing. I've gotten off of Twitter a little bit, mostly other than just clips, because there's too much of me on there and too much in life. But I miss the interactions on Twitter. I miss the Q&A. I used to answer everybody that tweeted me way back in the day whenever I was going, and I enjoyed it. Now don't necessarily have the ability to do that because of schedule constraints. But Saturday, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, hashtag chat with Pat. Come join the call, though. Here we Let's go. Let's go. I can't wait to get in there. Yeah, this will be the first Saturday in a while where there's no playoff games during yeah. the day for either sport. Right, no playoff games and also... Rain coming, so probably yeah. no golf yeah. ball. Oh, right. Well, it's also, it's a great weekend to watch the PGA Championship. Oh yeah, yeah. Good well, point. what if Tiger's not there? I mean, yeah. the leaderboard will still be. I mean, Is John Daly making a cut? I hope so. Fucking better be. Yeah, if, if Tiger's not there, we need fucking JD. Right? That's right. Yeah. He's a blue collar golfer from, from a blue collar town. Don't know what he's lost. Don't, Don't know, know what he's found. It's John Daly. Yeah, it's a good song. About John Daly. About to find a trophy. Fucking love John Daly. Back tomorrow. Everybody have a great one. Thank you all so much for watching. Up to something season is back. Yeah, full bloom. I'd say. It's wild right now. Harder than ever. On the streets. Hey, up to something season is wild right now. Yeah, it's awesome. Getting calls from people that I never expected to get calls from. No idea. That's up to something season, baby. Up to something season started.
Dude, it's awesome, isn't it? Hell yeah. I had no idea. We were just in preseason there a little bit ago whenever I announced up to something yeah. season. Yeah. Something to remember for next year. It's playoff yeah. season right now yeah. up to something season. Hell yeah. Playoffs. 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 When Barry O calls, you answer. Who? Barry O. 44th, 43rd president. For, one, Don't a, sleep on Barry O. Obama is what he's saying. Oh, my God. Jesus. President Barry O. Yeah. What's he calling me for? <laughs> up to something season. I will say there's no president's calling well, of the country. Mike yeah. Gallagher. No Ooh. presidents of countries calling. Oh. He's a congressman of a country. For now. <laughs> yeah, but we're not in the time travel thing right now. We are not in the future. Yeah. What if that's real? What if Mike Gallagher's the president in the future that sent now people back? Foxy, I, and obviously in Indiana we can't do that. We have to dance around it all with like CBDs and other deltas and stuff like sure. that that is legal. As soon as we got out of here, Foxy took a bunch of CBD and he what? was like that orange globe was you from the future I know it that's what Foxy now thinks that's what we saw we saw you from the future or kin of you from the future saying hey this is what your fucking dad or whoever, grandpa great grandpa had to do to get to where you are you now, are right you now you little sh- fucking piece of shit oh, this is what they were legend. doing I wish we would have stopped over there now yeah you sackish, you spoiled fuck. I know it. It's good it to see sense. family we dynamics have improved in the future. Ha. Makes sense. I don't think so. I don't, I don't think it's going to. Depends what kind of teleporter they were using. Because that was the Monday where we did the show, you filmed the thing. It's we Ghost of Christmas. Show. Future. Yeah. yeah. Like, that was a long day. Oh, McConaughey, great movie. Did uh, Peyton's Places, right? Yep, Peyton's Places, straight to Raw. And then we were, it was probably 1 a.m. when we saw that thing. Holy fuck. Makes sense. Damn. I don't think it's McConaughey, is it? No, it's Ghost of Girlfriends past. It is a great movie, though, Tony. (laughs) It is. Bah humbug is is what we're talking about. Ebenezer. That'd be cool if that was the case. It might be. Who says no? Well, we'll never find out. No. Well, maybe. No, I don't think. Well, maybe, because if it is me. Well, and you froze your body, so... Bring me back. They might have brought you back. That <laughs> hey, could have been you. That could have been yeah. you. That might have been you. Unfreeze me. Yeah. Fucking fix me. Hell yeah. Take yeah. me back to the raw when we were flying home from Chicago. Sick of these people. Yeah. My fucking future family is the worst. Boy, but they're balling out and time traveling and yeah. shit. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Hope they're doing the right. Th- hope you guys are doing the right stuff. That's all you can ask. Yeah. Just be a good person because I'm watching Succession. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of families are doing right stuff once they become <laughs> no. successful. I don't think, no, I don't think so. <laughs> That's not our family, though. No, no. That's Definitely not anybody not. in this studio's family. Never. Family. That could have been Ty's family. Yeah, could have been. I yeah. been. Fox, that could have been your family after Foxy Flicks becomes true. Could have been. I had too much booze in that. Yeah, there you go. DUI. Well, I was boozing at the time, so. Oh, so maybe they're taking you back like, hey, you this, want you want to become this fucking booze back? You want to become like your great-great-great-great-great-grandfather? No, you don't. He's a booze back. And by the way, his father's fodder. Yes. <laughs> Long line. Yeah. Booze Speaking of, we him. have something to try here. Let's get oh, out yeah, of here. That's right. Hammer dines in 15, 20 minutes. Um, we appreciate you so much. There'll be some winners announced immediately following uh, us getting off air here from the Instagram, I believe. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Bruce Brown. Yep. We'll have a big-time giveaway tomorrow. I think we're supposed to do one today. We forgot. That's 100% my fault. We'll do one tomorrow. Big guests, big conversations. Thank you, boys. Thank you all so much. See you in 19 hours and 43 minutes with 30 seconds. Bye. Bye.